All right, hello and welcome to the Pub People Podcast. This is episode 14, our top 10 games of all time. I'm Gary. I'm Chuck. I'm Proper Brian. And I'm just Brian. Now, I want to make uh, have a note here that this is a longer episode, but for good reason. We talk about a lot of really good games and some really good beer. They better be good games or on our top 10. Yeah, they're on our top 10. These Very these, good beer. Yeah, oh yeah. The, <laughs> oh, the beer is fantastic <laughs> yeah, tonight. I, yeah, side note, this is probably the best beer night of, of all oh, our yeah. recording episodes. Um, but yeah, so we, we talk about a lot of good games. We will have some um, show notes to kind of help you. If you want to just kind of fast forward to a certain game, um, we'll have we'll provide that. If you're looking, if you're listening to this on the YouTube, we'll have some links there. Yes, but, um, they'll be in the description below. You just click on it. So we're we're gonna keep this short, guys. Let's go ahead and jump into the games. Man, we have some really good games. So grab grab a brew, sit tight, join us for the Pub Meeple Podcast. All right, guys. You want to go ahead and uh, as I uh, guess let's let's start off properly, right? We got to start off the right way. Uh, yeah, let's um let's start off talking about our brews. And we'll, since we're talking about proper, how about proper Brian? You brought a brew with you today. Yeah, I did, and I'm excited about it because it's uh, one of the first times I've kind of just stepped out and been exploratory, I guess, with my with my beer buying. I usually uh, like to stick with things that I know. Yeah. Um, but this time, um, I was browsing about and I found this. It's by Real L Brewing Company, and it's called uh, Coffee Porter. And like, sounds good. And because I mean, as you well know, I'm a fan of coffee, and so uh, this was right you don't up. Don't say. <laughs> I do say actually. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say I'm pleasantly surprised, but it, it's a very pleasant beer. I'm so. looking at the uh, back of your bottles. Uh, I didn't. I never realized that Real Ale was made in uh, Blanco, Texas. Yes, so it is. It's a Texas. I had thought it was a Texas beer, but that's awesome to know that. That I mean, that's a really good brewing company. Yeah. We've liked a few of theirs oh, yeah. before, and I got to just sample Proper Brian's just a minute ago. I think you guys are planning on getting some in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna we'll, love we'll it. You're gonna like it. I, I liked it. it. You're gonna um, like it. I smelled it. It smelled oh, I, delicious. I smelled it. It smelled. <laughs> it smelled amazing. It's very. It's very much like that coffee stout that we have here locally that we all uh, seem to okay. love and enjoy. So I think you guys will like it. All right. Well, hey, Chuck, what did you get? You got a. Uh, you got something pretty interesting. It's, Speaking of Texas beer, Ryan and Sons is Texas, right? Ryan yeah. Sons oh, is they Texas. Are Texas. They, um, are, they are. Oh, man, I, I we got a theme. I decided to step out a little bit because I always kind of get the same thing over and over again. And I, I thought, I'm going to go into the store and just kind of pick out one that sounds pretty good. And so the descriptions on here kind of caught my eye. It says, uh, toffee, dark chocolate, and caramel with dark fruit. And it, what it's is, pretty you delicious. you got to tell them what it is. Sorry, it's uh, <laughs> Ryan and Sons Winter Warmer. Uh, it's a it's sorry guys an English style dark ale and it's it's oh. it's pretty good the more I drink it the more I like it yeah so we've actually featured Rar and Sons bourbon barrel winter warmer yeah, that was a good one back it was a podcast that you that you was actually it was the only time say. we haven't seen Chuck in a podcast and so he didn't get to, you saw me here <laughs> I see you they don't see your beer they, they didn't see me. So I'm 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 actually bumming off Shuck tonight, and I would say compared to the the Bourbon Barrel, this is really good. I Bourbon Barrel Winter Warmer was one of my top, and yeah. this is up there with it. I mean, it's a very similar flavor. This is, their, this is their English style dark. It's good. Uh, hey, look, I'm gonna try all y'all's beers. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll have an opinion on all of them. Halfway by the end of the night, do we need to do this again? And like, yeah. Well, like, what are you drinking now? We, <laughs> hey, maybe when we get uh, to top five, we'll need to take a little bit of break. Hey, Gary, um, what do you have? Yeah, we all love uh, our Belgian style quads, and I've got one uh, by Avery Brewing Company, which uh, they've got some really good beers. It's called the Reverend. 
And uh, man, it's good. It's it's stout. I'll tell you that. It's a quad. Yeah, it's a quad. And um, not just for Sundays. That's yeah, what it says yes, on his Not stand. just for Sundays. <laughs> it's, it's for every day. So I would drink it any day. It's, it's good What's stuff. the brewery? What's the brewery? It's Avery. Avery. Yeah. So uh, man, I, I I've actually had some really good brews from them before. I'm enjoying it. Like I said, though, I look forward to uh, trying out the Reverend. Movie. I always want to. I always think of like a Clint Eastwood movie where the Reverend's got probably got like a six shooter. Oh yeah, and he's drinking his quad. Well, I mean, he he does look pretty serious here. I don't know. I mean, he might have a six shooter hiding hidden there in his uh, <laughs> in his um, his little robes there. Smock. Um, yeah, his smock. No, that's not what it is. Uh, Robe. So so, uh, so we got a special episode tonight. We're not going to do uh, general discussion. We actually want to talk about our. Our personal top tens to end out 2018. Yay! Yay! Yeah, this, this is gonna be pretty cool. We've used our uh, our ranking engine. You know, we've, you've heard us talk about that several times throughout the year. Uh, maybe longer than that. So we went ahead and all input our, um, you know, how we each kind of had our own little metric, or you know, what we included in there, I guess. But I think for most of us, it was just all the games we've ever played that we that we can think of, right? Yeah. So it took me took us quite a while. But some uh, of us did it more than once. Yeah. How many times <laughs> did you do it? I think total I did it three or maybe four. Actually. Oh my gosh! Well, that's the okay. So the, I did all of them, and then I took my like top fifty, and I yes. did those. And that's like, what we've done a I lot of times. I did that three I times because like... there was one that just kept coming up that I knew was out of place, and so I was like, "No, I'm going to redo this because it needs to." And then finally, I got paired up against the one that I thought was supposed to be above or below it, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, now we're good." And well, <laughs> I I did uh, I redid my top thirty, and then I realized that the top ten only changed like one spot. The other like. You know, eleven through thirty had there was some variation, but I'm also, I mean, I, I have to say for me, like if if you're in that top twenty five spot, like uh, I don't see a huge difference for me personally between yes. say like twenty five and fifteen from day to day. Do, do to, I think like it's yeah, gonna be it's gonna shift? Ask me next week. I might want to pay num- play number twenty five more than my number fifteen. Yeah. You know, uh, and so I kind of I, I stopped there. I said, look, hey, I redid the thirty, uh, shifted just uh, like one or two games. Man, I'm, I'm gonna stop. Yeah, this was one of the first years that I I didn't actually redo any of my top games. Like I usually do what they do, and I take the top twenty five or so and just put them through real, you know real quick to to kind of verify what I had previously done. But I looked at my list this year and I was like, I'm I'm really happy with this. Really I don't, good list. I'm excited to talk about there, it. There was a moment in mine where where two games were against each other, and I knew at that point. That one of them was going to make the top ten and the other one wasn't. Hmm. Oh, I hated a... that moment. I, I stared at the screen for like a good fifteen minutes oh, before I finally. I had a few of those where I had to like <laughs> I had to close out the the browser window or you know like minimize the window. I'm like I'm not like, kind of like you're talking about. I'm like I'm I'm leaving that alone. The agonies the and, ranking um, engine brings. Yeah, you know, and it, like I, I was like I, w- I did a lot of mine like during like lunch hour. So then I said, hey, I'm gonna come back after work and I'm gonna have a few hours to think about how much I really want to play this one game. There was a couple agonizing decisions there. I'm, I'm sure there always is. Some of those kept 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 a game or two out of the top ten. So one thing I do want to mention real quick, and I don't want to belabor this very long. We do have a yearly one of our traditions yeah. is to come out with a top five video on YouTube, which is a kind of a collective thing, which is different. Yeah, it's and vastly different. these top tens that we're talking about tonight factor into how those top five collective of yeah. all time come out, but. This is not the same thing, and this is our specific the, top ten each. Yeah, exactly, and that's a good point to make. This this is not speaking for the pub. This is only speaking for each individual person here. Right, and we should have that video out in uh, before the end of the year. Yeah, around hopefully the time that this podcast drops. So probably so. that might be true. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and dive in. And I guess 
as uh, we just want to go on the order we have on the paper here. So, proper Brian, give us your number ten. I guess we need a drum roll. You know, sure. We can, can <laughs> cue, cue jump roll. Yeah, yeah. put that on the cue. Cue the jump roll. All right. All right. The so jump. What's roll. your number ten? Game what's number ten. 10? It's a kind of sushi. So my number ten game it this jumps year jumps on the plate. <laughs> Sorry, we'll stop. Is what's your number ten, proper Brian? Okay. Uh, <laughs> It's a Serenissima, second edition. Nice. This was on my list last year. It's dropped a spot, which doesn't mean anything really. But it is my number 10. So this is a game that I, I feel like you, you don't hear about it enough. And I, I'm, I'm sad about that. It's one of those that I, th- I think flew into the radar long enough that it just kind of died off. But it's one of those that, like, once I played it, Man, it just it, it just it hits so many buttons for me. So one of the things that I love about it, it has probably the simplest and yet best mechanical representation of like pick up and deliver on the high seas, I guess. So the way that the game works, briefly, is you have these little boats, and there are five little spots, uh, five little slots on each boat, and you can either fill those slots up with sailors. And if you fill it up with sailors, the more sailors you have, the faster your boat travels and the stronger it is in combat. And the more goods you put in, in it, the, obviously, the more you're going to be able to trade. It's going to move slower, but you know, you're going to be able to hold, hold a lot more goods in it. So it's this push-pull of, you know, what do I have in my boats? There's a, a lot more going on in the game than that, but it, I love that simple, elegant, yet really expressive mechanism in that game. So I want to. This wasn't on my top ten, but it is my favorite yeah, pickup delivery game. Games. And it, right now, it's probably the game that I want to play the most. The next time I get a physical, like game night, you know, not virtual online kind of thing, but get around. That's that's the, probably the game I want to play the most, even well, though it's not on my in. top ten. It's Did, I love I Serenissima quite I a play bit, this one. and it is quite a bit. when it when it comes to pickup deliver. I think Gary even says something about it before we started podcasting that it has kind of a sandbox nature to it, and it does so more than other pickup deliver games. And I think that's what I really like about this one. It's an older game, mm-hmm. and it plays like an older game, which is still which is kind of fun. You get kind of that El Grande nostalgia out of it, and I like it. Maybe it's because the map has that same, you know, sepia yeah, look, look to it. it. Looks I don't know, the same. but it's, it's super cool. I love this game. Cool. I, well, I my number wanna, 10, Serenissima. I just want to play that game. Yeah. yeah Let's do play. it. We got a couple copies between... Uh, Shuck, what's between your number 10? Uh, my number 10 was a game that we actually previewed on our YouTube channel, was uh, The Guardian's Explorer which is down three spots this year, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that I just haven't gotten it to the table. For some reason, this game is just difficult to get to the table. There's always a game that I want to play more or a game that I just want to try and haven't ever played before. And so it's, But it, it has a lot of the things that I like in games. I mean, it's got engine building and drafting and set collection and worker placement. I mean, it's just all of it bundled slightly fiddly, but it just works so well together. I I love the theme. The artwork's great. And the theme's my favorite. The the yeah, the, the engine building is cool. The engine building is just cool. The way that you you coal in this game for the the deck refinement yeah, instead it was of more um, of a deck building. It was refinement. Right? Yeah. So you're you're constantly getting rid of cards, but it's just this amazing feeling of once you have this combo and you just keep to you get to roll it out over and over and over again for this massive amounts of damage. Uh, it's 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 fun. It's a really fun Getting game. Getting those combos in that game was uh, is just really satisfying. I think uh, explain the theme a little bit because so, I think that's worth talking about. So the theme is uh, it's set in Arthursburg where these kids are fighting these monsters. Oh, what are they? 
you know, you're just a lot of different genres kind of thrown in a mix, right? You got goblins, orc kind of things, but you also have robots. There's, there's robots. Point. I remember there are robots. Is there and, undead? Uh, yeah, anywhere? there's zombies. It's um, been a while. So there's a bunch of different little things. And, and like I said, the set collection is kind of, you know, if you get some of those, they give you extra little bonuses and things at the end of the game. Uh, you get to fight a big boss that's one of those um, genre of bad guys and stuff. And it's just really cute. And you go to these places like the school or the, what is it, the toy store and stuff like that. And you can set up tents and you get to like camp there and do special Thematically, things. It's, the game was really cool. It was fun. It was fun. I think they yeah. need to make a sequel where it's like a, a like a tile laying game where you build your own blanket fort. I, I know. Because <laughs> the blanket forts are like the coolest thing in that yeah. game. I know there's been talk or, or the creator has talked about another game in the same world. But uh, I don't I think it's it's not like a expansion or a part two. It's like a completely different game from what I'm still I understand. To see that world was really cool. Someone <laughs> was talking recently about an uh, up and coming RPG recently. I think it was Ricky on his last podcast, uh, and they were talking about uh, Kids on Bikes, which is an upcoming RPG that's kind of like a Stranger Things kind of thing. Hmm. That's kind of what Gardens Explore reminded me of: was these kids that are yeah. kind of out there with their imagination. Maybe maybe they're fighting real things. I don't know, but. But it kind of reminded me of this, like, not as dark as Stranger Things. And obviously this was made before that production. But it's mm-hmm. but you can really translate that into, like, a G-rated Stranger Things into Guardians Exploring. I think sure. you might have a good idea of what this theme is. Yep, you know. there it is. I think that's, cool. that's Yeah, that, that's it. So that's my number 10, oh. The Guardians Explore. All right. Well, Carrie. hey, my, yeah, my number 10 uh, is Suburbia. And my write-up. Right up on the website, I remember uh, writing that this game feels like an old friend at this point. Um, <laughs> I mean that in a good good way. Like it's it's stuck around on my top ten list. It's dropped a few spaces, but I really really enjoy Suburbia. You talk about building combos and the Guardians Explore. When you when you pull off something that works well in Suburbia, where your tiles work play off another tile, especially if you manage to make it play off another player's burrow. That's kind of like a little bit like, mm, man, you know, take that. You, you didn't even know you were helping me, bro. You know, so I, it's just, it's a really, really good tile-laying game. I'm always enjoying the, the balance of you want to grow economically first because your population is your points. But if your population explodes and you don't have an economy going, you're not going to be very good. And then you'll, you'll eventually slow down. Man, I love that push. Yeah, pull. yeah. It's, it's like so good. your reputation goes down and then your reputation is tied to your population growth. And so it's like no one wants to live there anymore after a while. You've trashed the town, you know? Yeah, Suburbia. Just just a really good game. I love it. And like I said, it feels like an old friend. It's a game that whenever I get out, I'm like, why have I not played you in six months, you know? Or, you know, if, if it's been a while. And I've, I've introduced several people to the game, and every time I do, it's like, man, I, I, this is the kind of game I, I could probably play every week. So Suburbia, number I, 10. I totally get that. Yeah. It's a great game. Yeah. You play that? See, I haven't played this, so this I'm I'm looking forward to giving you another opportunity to play it because oh, I would really like. To try I, I will it. totally. Yeah, you love it. I actually think you like Thailand games. This would be right. Uh, Shuck, yeah, it's, it's, it. it's pretty good it. too. Yeah. Do you guys I, like SimCity? Like yes. on the computer? Like, yeah. did you like playing like kind of those like simulation? Like, like I can get into that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's one of the closer games that I've played it on, it, on a table. That it's it's a really tight design. I mean, just for there to be just so much variety in in that box. The design is like really tight. It all works out almost every single like every single time. It all works out, or it can work out. You may not make it work out very well, I, but I don't remember what the game is, and but I saw one a uh, review of one that was like a city building game, and I was like, ah, oh, I'd rather play Suburbia. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's my city building game of choice. Like, 
So, uh, just Brian, uh, I'm actually really interested in your, your number your number ten. Number ten, yeah, for me was Trois or Troyes. That's how I thought. That's what I thought from, it was called. If you're from anywhere not France, you're from uh, Texas. That's I'm how like, it's yeah, spelled, right? Let's play Troyes. Troyes. Let's go play yeah. some Troyes. Um, Troyes. No, Trois is is fairly newer game for me, but I've got to play it a few times, and I fell in love with it right away. So this is a dice drafting game for the most part. It's got a story element to it, though, a narrative that goes along with it. It's not so much in the, uh, like you would think, like in a uh, like a Crossroads game, like a Dead of Winter kind of thing. It's more in the cards and the actions that are coming out. And so it's really difficult, a lot harder for me to explain than I thought it would be. But uh, every round you have a character that comes to the city of Trois, uh, three of them, one for the clergy, one for yeah. the the royalty, and one f- that kind of works in the with the with the commoners and the in in the civic duties. And these these characters come and they provide particular actions for the rest of the game. Every round begins with you rolling dice. Every round, there's some things that are happening to the city, and it's it's based on the historical city of Trois, which took like like centuries to rebuild, and that's really what you're trying to do yeah, you're thematically. You're trying that. to rebuild this city from scratch. You're rebuilding. And yeah. we may have a game where a monk comes out in round one, and he's really concerned with helping the commoners build up their civic, you know, town ha- town home, and so your your clergy dice are assisting in that way. But then in round two, the Knights Templar come, and now you're clergy dice become these fighting dice that you and you have more options to use now and so i feel like a different story is told every time i feel like it's very thematic dice drafting games um, i'm i've played a couple this year and i've loved them both this one really just pulled me in because i was i really got it kind of got into both the marriage of the mechanics and the theme so I want to offer a slightly different perspective on this. Sure. I didn't get the storytelling element at all, but I still really enjoyed our play of it. We played it on online version. Yes, we did. On Board Game Arena, I believe. That was was that the side we used? We used Board Game yeah. Arena when we yeah. that was our first my first play was on Board Game Arena. I didn't get I didn't I remember you pointing out the storytelling aspect to me and I actually really enjoyed it after that. But if you just want to come approach this one just from mechanically, like if you if you're not Inclined to theme, like you know, if it's not really, yeah, and it's not really it's intended not, to be narrative. Yeah. It's really a Euro game, yeah. Believe, but but if, if you're just like a theme stream, you know, I gotta have uh, great mechanics. I actually, I loved, I love the way you're trying to find ways to convert your dice, or or modify your dice, or or just use those dice in some really smart ways. And uh, man, it was. It was, it was really great little design. There's not a die that's denied to you either. I can buy Gary's dice off of him. Which kind of cripples him. So there's some yeah. different plays no, like that. Like really, I can, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I hated it's pretty that. interesting. I hated when you did that. All oh, the I did time. it a lot. Yeah, yeah it's you funny. did a lot. You have me intrigued now. Yeah, no, I think I think you really like this. <laughs> no, yeah, you roll a bunch of dice at the beginning, and they're your dice, and you hope you get to use them, and somebody doesn't buy them from you before because hmm. you can't. But, you can't. There's so I many ways to steal modify people's dice. Yeah. Yeah, it's, there's a little <laughs> bit of take that in. It's great. It's really great. Well, hey, all right. So proper Brian. Uh, let's go on. Let's move on to number nine. Number yeah. nine. Again, I want to hear I hear what you have to say about this one. This is really good. Yeah. My number nine is Anachrony by Mind Clash Games. So this is a game about time travel. It's about uh, the, there's a an apocalypse, second apocalypse happening in the world, and you're trying to prepare 
uh, your civilization to get out of Earth, basically. So you're you're doing everything you can. You know that this is coming, and you've developed uh, the ability to time travel. So one of the coolest things in the game is the way it handles that time travel, and basically it, it comes in the form of you are requesting... Uh, workers or resources from the future that must be paid back at a certain point. Otherwise, you risk these time anomalies happen that that really mess up your engine that you're building. They keep you from capitalizing on on all the, all your resources and stuff, and they also count against you as points. So, but the other thing about it that's really neat. So you have your player board where you can take actions, and there's not a lot of planning you have to do for that. If you have the worker for it, you can take it. So you need different types of works to take different types of actions, but on the main board, uh, that's basically where, like, so on your player board, you're safe. On the main board, you're kind of going out into the post-apocalyptic world, and you need these giant mech suits to keep your workers safe. And so at the beginning of a round, you have to power up the right number of mech suits that you are going to want to take actions with, you know, out on the main board. So there's this planning aspect to it, not to mention that those miniatures oh, i don't want to call they them miniatures. They're, they're giant i don't know what they were they were toys uh, yeah yeah <laughs> but, but they have a little slot in them that you Action actually put figures. your worker yeah. into they're and, that big and they go out you know the, take them and put them on the on the main board so anyway it, it's a really fun game um it was on my top 10 last year too and the only reason it's dropped a little bit is i just haven't uh, been able to play it much i'll tell you recently. what the reverend Really likes an acronym. <laughs> if I'd played it more, I bet it would have been on my list. It's um, another game I have not played on your list. Oh yeah. man, it's, it's good. And hey. my, Mind Clash has a, a really good track record with me so far man. with like Tricarion uh, and this. And I want to play uh, the Inside World. I think is what it's called. Yeah, that one looks um, really cool. So. I, I tell you what, I, I just remember this is a Euro game that like oozes theme. Like yes, which is kind at, of at my what MO. point. You mean it's I not remember, set in the Mediterranean? No, uh, it no. is not. <laughs> uh, well, it could have been. It could have been. Not anymore. Well, I just remember at one point I There's had no to. More water. I I had to borrow. I had to request from the past an engineer that I used to develop cloning technology. But then when I had to, it was time to send him back. There's, he's just a little meeple, but remember you and I were playing, and I kept making a joke about which one's the real Fred. I don't know. Just send one of them back. You know, that's all they expect is a guy that looks yeah. like him. And so, but no, as far as like theme and just fun, I mean, like. Man, what a cool theme. And what it's, a cool And thing. it's just like any other you know, kind of complex game like that. It's pretty brain-burning. You feel like when you get done, it, you're still like, you know, thinking about chewing on the game and what you might do next time. So, great game. And Acrony was my number nine. So, Shuck, what is your number nine? Uh, my number nine just barely missed the list last year. Uh, had just I'd only played it a few times. I didn't really feel comfortable putting it on my top 10, but Century Gollum is up three spots from last year. This is my go-to engine building when I want to play with whoever I'm with. Like, it it just fills that niche. It doesn't fill the complete itch of engine building because it's very tiny, but it, it just, it really does what I want it to do, and it, and it does it very well. It does it very simply. It's very quick. It's not a long game. It just, and it's gorgeous. I mean, Century Spice Road is fine. I mean, but the the Gollum version is just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. It's pretty. I, mean, I want to play it with you. This I is one of yours one of your list. Right I haven't played it yeah. yet. It's high on my list to try. It's good. It it just it really is like there's something about the the combos that you take. I mean, you kind of have to deal with what you're you're dealt with, and you got to make them work. And and at some point, it just starts clicking, 
and you you just start you playing the combos and it's just like trying to see how many points you can get before somebody else gets it and it's it's great i really enjoy this one at two players as well yes it's the first time we played it was it first time i played it with you was it two yeah i've played it two uh, a lot played it with uh my wife at two i think it might even be coming out on a, uh as a feature on one of our youtube shows next year sweet as a, as because it just plays so well at two players and so even if you're just needing that plus a game that's plays i mean we played it three though before haven't we yeah, it was and great. The, the the player count really doesn't affect the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's a quick game. Or the or the um, sometimes when you play multiple players on these smaller games, you seem like you're always playing to the person to your left or something. And this one never felt like that so much to me, even though there's a bit of a draft to it. It's 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 fantastic. The the interaction between the players is kind of like a worker placement feel because you're you're drafting cards on a a, a river. And so the, the one that you take may be the one that they wanted to take. So it's kind of like going to a place. I mean, it, it yeah. has that kind of inherent interaction, but it's just a good game. It is. Oh, man. Um, I, Every I really beer we're drinking that. tonight, by the way, is really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think this we is a fantastic a way to end the year. I, I, is, I don't think there's a bad beer at the table. Wait, hold on. Sorry, I'm, while I'm, we've been talking, we've been, we've been like pulling out new beers and stuff. I'm about to test the Reverend. So. Oh, man, it's beautiful. Reverend's beautiful. That, that winter warmer is great. It changes from the first sip to the last. It, it, it opens mm, up a little I bit. I think you guys it's are like, going to... It's kind of like fruity. Yeah, yeah it's very yeah. fruity. It's almost That's like good. a triple. And I think tonight, when if you guys end on Brian's, you're going to be very happy. Yeah, I think I want to end oh. on that one. All right, uh, sorry. We're, we're, no, no, it's all right. Uh, uh, Gary, you're next, uh, number nine. Feel, number nine, I guess kind of continuing on my tradition of like a Euro-heavy list. Uh, I've got really? Fields of Arla. I'm, yeah, yeah. I never no idea. that. <laughs> Fields of Arl or Fields of Arla? I, I, I don't know how you say it. So, Arl. Um, Arl. Fields of Arla. Yeah. Oh, Arl. Hey, 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 you, you said it way better than I could. Yeah, either one. You know. Um, so you maybe make a pirate you, edition. If you get frustrated, you say it that way. <laughs> um, no, honestly, this one, you could tell it's a new Babe Rosenberg game. You could tell it's got, I mean, I feel like it's it's definitely like in the Agricola family tree. But it's a two-player. There's an expansion for that includes three players. Now adds a couple more resources. I, I want to try that out. Have not yet. I just really liked it. I know for some people, the setup is long. I'll tell you that. That's why I don't get it out as much. I think if I got it out more, it might even be higher on the list. But you, you have to think very similarly to the way you have to in Agricola in that you can't do everything. And now, so you're not feeding your people. You don't have a farm. But you do have to raise the animals. You do have to uh, gather other resources. And then you're filling, you, you can fill orders that are sent off to other cities, but depending on which city you send it to, you, there's points there, and then you're also getting points for like tracking how far you've gone, and and then you're also like kind of clearing your land and trying to, um, you know, there's there's some dikes you can you can move up the dikes to then get more land, and essentially, I feel like it's a little bit maybe a little heavier than than Agricola, and there's certainly a lot to do in it, but for whatever reason, man, this game's just it just. It's got a nice little brain burn to me. I feel like I can never do everything I want. So I don't know. I, I guess maybe I like those games where it's, it's punishing. You've know? been talking to me about this one and about I'm, I'm really excited to try it. You said it plays great at two. So. Oh, yeah. Yo, it is. It's only two. So, yeah. It's, yep. it's, 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 I'll, I'll tell you this. One thing about that is when the game is balanced perfectly for two players, granted, I'd love to be able to get all four of us to it. But if, if we were to get a two player, it's like that. I guess there's that advantage of a game that's just for two players. Much like say, like, even like a, like a lighter card game that's just set at two players. Yeah, but we're going to talk is, about yeah. another one way yeah. up, way up higher on our list. And, and yeah, two. so and speaking <laughs> of that, let's, let's let's keep the list moving. But I, I actually want to hear uh, just Brian talk about his number nine here. Number nine for me is Inish. Woo woo! 
Good game, good yes, game. Yes, yes. The, the area control in this game really sells it with the fact that this is probably my favorite drafting game. Uh, I think drafting is, I don't know, th- this is is this a drafting game? Is this an air control game? That's, yes, it's yes. both. Yes to both. Yeah, yes absolutely. Yes. Like, like sometimes one, one so would kind of take both more so than important. the other, right? Yeah. And you would say, well, this is more of this or that. This is a game where the, the drafting and the area control are married really well together, and both are very interesting to me. The, the drafting gives you a little peek on what the strategy may be for your opponents. It may help you plan a bit. The area control is threefold, so there, it's kind of a multifaceted area control that I find it, it, it almost self-checks. You know, proper Brian might have the strategy of land domination, where I am like, you know, that's fine. I'm going to be a little bit more diplomatic and maybe just try to control one area with with lots of other people's chieftains in it. And and so what it does is it it lets me be competitive with some elbow room, and and keeps him from running away. In the games that I've played, I've noticed that, except for the two-player game, which I played with Way, I wasn't a big fan of that. But in the three-plus games I've played, I've noticed that as you start to ramp up and you feel like you're just about to be the next contender and you're about to win, someone else is ramping up too. And it, you all kind of yeah. start kind of stepping up together. And, what you're, and, and then you find that, that you're not just trying to get the next area control facet, but you're also trying to maintain the one you already had. And, oh, man... I can just go on and on. Yeah, really, game. really fun. Yeah. Love the drafting in it. It fell just short of, I think it was my number 11 or 12. I'm going to go back so. and check where it was because I, yeah, I, I It can't. was, uh, you're going to hate me, it's 56. I knew, I knew it didn't really well, fall well with Shuck. He's never played it with us. But he's played it with through. other people. I, see, here's, I was thinking about it, what might have affected me. So I tried to do some attacking really early on, got very behind, and that may have affected my play. Uh, I, I had a hard time controlling the board at that point. I just ran out of troops. Uh, couldn't do yeah, a whole so lot. So there's some and diplomacy so, to this game. Like you don't have to fight just because you share land, and and that's something else that's interesting to me about this game is that you you share the territories with mm-hmm. other people, and we don't have to fight. So there's a little bit of diplomacy. We may not go to war. It may not benefit either one of us. But then it may be like like hey, we can't let Shuck win. So yeah, proper Brian and I are gonna make the Brian Square team, and we're gonna go after Shuck on this, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna fight, and we may fight each other just with you there, just so we can keep you out. It, that's what I love about it. So there's just so many like levels to play on this game. I love playing Gary. Uh, he's he's really easy to predict. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I knew this was gonna come up. <laughs> he was feeding me cards in the draft, thinking, "Oh yeah, Gary's gonna play that," and then so he's like, basically. Tempting me to play this card, that and he then knew you he did. And then, but not only did I do it once, I did it like three times. Yeah. He's like, hey, at, at the end of the game, he's like, hey, you know, every time I that I didn't take that card, I was hoping you'd take it, and then I'd get you to waste it on this. And I was like, I just got played, you know. All right, like, I have a confession. That's actually I only told you that to mess with you. That isn't really true. Okay. Well, this, oh, okay. But I'm now, glad for the last couple of years you've really oh felt gosh. like like you're you're not. So I hope you get this back out with me again, so I can play you again. Yeah. I mean, well, so gonna, we can. Uh, I'm gonna tear you apart uh, next time <laughs> <laughs> for re- vengeance, you know. Proper Brian. Yeah. Number eight. What's number, number eight. eight. So this. Eight. Is, so my my number eight this year uh, had one of the biggest jumps in my list, and it's one of my. I don't know, one of my oldest loves, I guess. It's a Twilight Imperium. Um, it's a game that has always been a favorite of mine. It is extremely hard to get out and play because of the time it takes. I think you're the only person at the table that can talk about this game. Yeah. I want to be able to talk about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. 
No, and I've actually played it quite a bit. Uh, well, considering sell us on it. Why, it what what is it like? What what um, makes it worth a time investment? Because that's the that's the barrier, right? That's the barrier everybody talks about. It's, a, it's the thing that's kept me from it. So right now you got three captive audience at least, plus whoever the other two people listening on the podcast. Oh, so much pressure! So sell us on it I, so well, we can play it on our next game night. <laughs> next game day. <laughs> game um, day. <laughs> so I'm I'm a big fan of the forex genre of games. I, I like the say. the space conquest uh, kind of games where you you know there's uh, so, but this game, uh, it kind of it does it all. It's like it's it's politics and technology and uh, diplomacy and conflict and and conquest and um, so it does all this stuff and it does it in uh, like the game takes a long time to play, but the me- mechanisms in the game are really interesting. So, but the reason it jumped up on my list just to get into a little bit of the mechanisms of it. So, the fourth edition came out uh, this last year, and it kind of honed the game in some areas that really needed it so one of the one of the big areas was in the technology area before you had to continually reference this technology tree chart you know to kind of know well to build this i need to build this first then that then this other thing and they really streamlined it in the fourth edition so it that that to me was one of the the biggest burrs under the like for the game like the one of the hardest parts to do and so the fourth edition just takes that and really streamlines it there's just a lot going on in the game i mean there's just a lot going on it's 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 a a, a, i'm trying to think of the right word it's just an experience it's one of those things where you sit down we thought about it it would be an experience to play it'd be like seven or eight hours right I think with the fourth edition, it gets it down to around six. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Here's what I've been curious about because I don't, I've seen a a few of the rules walkthrough kind of things on it, but I'm having a hard time remembering some of that. But the question I have is is it so long because it takes a long time to take a turn, or is it so long because. Because there's so so many things to it's do, epic it's like you're you're quick and everybody's engaged the whole time. That's that's kind of I'm trying to get a different feel for you know what I'm saying like there's there's that's a great question kind of a ratio so, in there right. Uh, so it it starts to take a long time as you go in the game because uh, you're doing more things on the board. So every per- like as you as your M- space empire grows, you have a lot more things to do. Um, so it turns do take a little bit longer, and also there's the diplomacy aspect of it where you're there's some table negotiation happening, and that can slow things down a little bit. But that can also be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. But uh, one of the things the game does really well is its action system. So at the beginning of a round, everyone selects a command card that they're going to use for that round, and on that command card it has a primary action and a secondary action. So on your turn, you can take an action on the board, uh, or you can use your command card. Okay. And when you take that primary action on there, everyone else has the option to take that secondary action. So it keeps people kind of engaged with what's happening on the board. So that's that when very it's, cool. So when it's when it's even not even your turn, you're still paying attention to know, oh, do I have what I need set up so that I can take that secondary action? So I can do that as well. So it keeps it keeps people engaged, even though turns can get long. They do get long. Uh, and I don't think there's any doubt that the game is good. People who like this game love it. I've honestly never heard anything negative about the game itself, other than I it's mean, long. we just say it's long. So I, I want to play it. I mean, yeah. what? Well, to be honest, it intimidates me. I'm not a big 4X guy to begin with. Uh, I was a little intimidated just by our Eclipse play that we had not too long ago. I don't know. I, I want to play it for the experience, like we talked about. Like I if want you the can experience. Stand up, walk around, and take drinks. Like I would rather do that. 
Like, I, man, I don't know. Sorry to interrupt you, Sean, but I'm, I'm just thinking, like, you, you sit in these, like, these seminars over in Spain where you talk about how to keep your work safe for engineering. Like, what if you just sat around all day and did played, you, like, Twilight Imperium did you, instead? Did you just compare a game to work? Well, I mean, just saying, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm we're in two your, different I'm talking about your time here. investment. I'm talking, because this game is a time investment. It's a work day. Eight-hour yeah. game is a work day, right? Like, you take a lunch somewhere in there, you know, and then you come back and you keep sure. playing. I'm, I'm not saying that I wouldn't want to play. I'm just saying I'm intimidated. Yeah, it, it is intimidating, I think. I mean, just the idea of... A game that epic in scope that's going to take that long. Yeah, but I, mean, I want to do it. I, I still want to do, do it. it. Like, and ideally, at it's, the it's end, it's on my it's bucket even, list. But see, it's, I was about to say bucket list too. But I was like, I don't even want to think of it as a bucket list thing. I just want to do it. Like I want to yeah. say I've done this thing, and and I hope I don't love it because I know I won't play it again. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, well, the well, good, that's the good, what Zaya's for. And the good news is, <laughs> right. yeah, no, I've got it. So we'll just we'll just have to do it well, sometime. So my number eight, Twilight Imperium. Shuck, moving on to a game, talking about a game only one of us has played. Shuck's number eight. All of us have played. Yeah, I Let's love this game. It's oh. never going to leave my top ten. Maybe I just all of don't. You. I just don't see it ever leaving my top ten. <laughs> I finally got to play the expansion for it this year. That's which, right. Don't hate on me. I should have played this earlier. But hey, Lords hey. of Waterdeep. Oh. Yes. Good game. Good game, sir. My, it's just Ooh. such a great <laughs> worker placement game. It is my family worker placement. If I need to play a worker placement with the family, it's easy to get into. I don't have to play oh, yeah. the expansion with them. They understand the game. It's very, very, very basic, but just fun. It's good. This is a great game. Um, oh, yeah. Fantastic. No, no doubt. It's, like, I mean, it, there's really totally. not a whole lot of like things you have to think about, but it, it's just the whole gameplay. Like I, I enjoy it every time. And the corruption, once I finally got to play with the corruption, just makes it so much better. Mm. Here's what's crazy about it's it. Like Sean, Sean's sitting here apologizing for never playing the expansion before, but he's loved the base game so consistently much. for six, seven, eight. eight years. I don't know how long this has been. But but the, it's, it's had staying power yeah. for yes. that long with you Here's without a, the expansion. Here's yeah. a pub moment. And the expansion is amazing. Here's, th- this game is tied into the pub meeple history oh, I because... Know. Yeah, yeah. I never really played any like strategy board games, and then hobby board games. Our daughters went to school together. Shuck gives me a call and is like, "Hey, you want to maybe hang out with me and some other dads and some stuff? Like, we could play this game." And I literally thought, okay. "Yeah, it sounds kind of nerdy, but I like Sean." And I was like, "I, I and I was like, I, I'm really kind of looking to you know pick up some like uh, you know I'd like to hang out with Sean and use some friends, maybe meet, maybe meet some <laughs> other like dads, you know, like dad, you know, friends." And and, and I was like, "Sure, like let's do this." Good. And then he like brings me to play this game, and I'm like, like I was there. What what did you introduce me night, to? Yeah. Like I I want this like now. So and this, I was this like, was your this, inter- this was your this was his introduction. Shuck introduced me to uh, the hobby. I don't, I don't yeah. know. I owe this to Shuck. Shuck introduced me to the hobby with Lords of Waterdeep, and that like I I didn't know quite what went on in the game. Like at the end of the first game, I was like, I kind of don't really know what I did. I mean, other than fulfill like recipes, right? Which or, or quests, which is essentially a recipe, right? Sure. But that's what's so great about the game is you can hook people into this hobby. It is it's like a gate it can be a gateway game. Oh, but it it's is. more Absolutely. than that. I mean yeah. it's I mean, but like I still go back to it and I love it. Like I, I don't Yeah, every time I, I, know I this play is your it, game, but I just want to mention power. that. Like, this power. game is amazing. Like you it's one of those that it's got a little bit of novelty, but at at the same time, you know, you haven't played it in a while and then you play it again, like that one time of the year that you haven't played it, you know, just like, hey, let's bring this out because it's and then oh, you're like, oh yeah, it's like, I love this game. That's why. Like, I, I that's just, why. Yeah, that's so good. Every time I play, I, I feel the exact same way. Every time I play Lords of Waterdeep, I'm like, 
I, I really, really like Lords of Waterdeep. Why have I not played it in a couple so, of months? So that was, the ver- that was the second night that Pub Meeple ever got together as under the name Pub Meeple. We weren't a podcast. We weren't a website. We weren't reviewers. We weren't nothing. We were just dudes getting together trying to, was, trying to find the people. That was the second night that we had gotten together that you came for that, that Lords yeah. of Waterdeep game. And then I remember did, it. Then we got the Facebook group. I got like an invite that's to right, like join the right. Facebook group. I was like, yeah, sure. Let's be part of this. <laughs> So thank you, Shuck. <laughs> just, just talking about this game, man. I mean, it, it makes me think about that. That was awesome. It's a good game, too. Yeah, my number eight, Lords of Waterdeep. All right. And then uh, we got Gary. You have a number eight. Man, it's another. Man, I just realized looking at my list. How do um, you say this? It's uh, Aura, Aura and Labora, or Aura et Labora. Man, it's another Uwe Rosenberg game, which. Another uh, Uwe. Yeah, here's the thing. Uwe, Uwe, Uwe. I like some of his older games. I'm not as hot on, on his newer games. I uh, like 2010, 2011 Uwe. Uve, however you say his name, I mean, like Ooh. I, he's that's my jam, you know, Ooh. that kind of that that uh that kind of um the game she's designing. Then, so think about Aura and Labora. One of one, you can make beer in the game. So I mean, that, that obviously makes makes it pretty good. Mm, sure, um, and it's, it's got one. some variety because it's got a you got like a French side and a and a um, Irish side. So I think the Irish monks are making beer. Uh, the French monks, I don't know what they're making. Spe- speaking but, of uh, the Reverend, is delicious. Oh yeah, I love know, this. Yeah, they're probably making this some. Is, uh, this is absolutely great. They're probably making this, some Belgian quad. This you know, is moving quads. up on um, my list. You had no idea we were going to have intermittent beer <laughs> reviews. <laughs> no. And no, we, we got to have <laughs> this one's no, good. But the thing I like about this game is it's, it's got a uh, it's got a rondelle for keeping track of uh, resources. And then there's a spatial element. When you add something to your board, there'll be periodic scoring phases. And if you've placed things right, you get some, get some really cool combos. You can also add to your board. Just does a lot of things I really like. Did, did you say combos? Yeah, you can combo stuff, Shuck, like really well. And then I need now, to play this game. Why yeah, have I not played this game? It's it's good. It's it's a little longer game. It's about a two and a half to three hour game, which is one reason why it doesn't come out a lot. That's why I haven't actually played it with you guys. A lot of times when we go for a game night. We might have like say four hours. And we're like, hey, let's try to get two games in. But it's got like a little bit, you know, like in a way, kind of like uh, a Fields of Arla. You're, you're you're building some, you're you're converting goods. So you start out with some grain, and then you might make some beer. Then you'll sell that. But I mean, it just it's it's just a really nice, good euro, and I I love the rondelle. I love the spatial element to it. it just man, something about it. Just that game. Apparently, Rosenberg makes some really good games. Who knew, right? So who um, knew? <laughs> So getting into just Brian's number seven, I think we're gonna have to hold off, right? Because that's yeah. But only only sk- one. Only I get to skip my number seven because it's higher up on someone well, else's list. It's, it's it's actually. I'm sorry. It's your we're number about to eight. Talk about I apologize. It. It's your number eight, and it's uh, my number eight. Brian's number yeah. seven. Happens to be my number seven, so we get to talk about it. Yeah, immediately back back after. Yeah. So okay. go ahead and tell us about your number seven. So my number seven, Brian. Uh, my just number Brian's eight. Number eight uh, is Lords of Vegas. It's Vegas, baby. And you know what? Since since it was first uh, on yours, I'll let you talk about it first. Oh, n- thank you. Well, Lords of Vegas is a game about Vegas being yeah. being best of friends and <laughs> making sure you help your fellow citizens and being a good person. No, it's not. It's uh, no Lords of Vegas is a great thematic mechanical tie-in. I mean, yeah. these these yeah, two yeah, yeah. these two aspects to the game. That's one of the, that's what I wrote down is the me- mechanisms make know. you feel I, I the theme. Even, I can't even speak yeah. English. It's like, so great. Like if you want like a a, a Vegas experience, yes, this game is 
Yeah. A but Vegas it's not experience. about going to no, the craps table. It's not about mm-hmm. putting pennies it's in the about slots. Building it's not the, about the, gambling. The casino. But you are gambling the whole time. Yeah. This is essentially an area control game. Yeah, like a real estate area control game. Like, and you're and you're doing Vegas style gambling. It's great. Yeah, it's so good. And so one of, one of the other things this game is really good at, just like uh, Lords of Waterdeep is a great uh, gateway game. I feel like this is a great gateway game for people who enjoy like Monopoly. Um, Destroying others? Yeah. Because <laughs> this, this game has some, a, a lot of the same things happening in it. Like you're developing property, you're, you're throwing dice, and you're, you're, the luck of the draw plays into it. But there's way more strategy in this game than there is in a monopoly, which is why it's one of the it's a hobby game. But it's a great step into the hobby for people who, it's like if you've played Monopoly, hey, let's play this other real estate game. That you know, people say that strategy and luck really can't coexist, and I I completely disagree. And I think this game this proves game proves it. that. Yeah, this is another one of proper Brian's I have not played, but I have watched it at my brother's wedding. Oh, that's right. That's uh, right. Yeah. I was I remember that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we got to Shuck and I got to watch. Those are the kind of things that we do at weddings. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. that's that's part of being like <laughs> the the gamers, the lo, the resident gamers. Shuck and I were at the wedding. I didn't play that day either, but I kind of I kind of helped them learn it. And it was basically his brother and and four groomsmen. And Shuck and I basically showed him how to play a game, and then we watched and were drooling, wishing we could play. <laughs> yeah. But what's 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 really great is I was thinking about this before. Uh, I got to teach this game this year to some people who haven't played before. And watching the arc go from we're trying to be friendly, we're trying to to figure each other out and play this game to the end of the game where we're just really <laughs> messing with each other. The, the new player across the table from me is funding uh, some type of uh, other players to make sure that I don't get ahead in the game. And, and she has not, absolutely nothing to do with, with coming out on that end of the deal. Like she just wants to make sure, you yeah. know, it's, so make sure you're it's, it's really brutal and it's fun watching them. It's so like fun. watching them go, figure that game out and go from, uh, I'm going to just kind of be nice and everybody's going to play nice to, Oh, this is how this game is played. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, what you want. I'm going to drop five million to make sure that you, you don't, you don't yeah. be successful. And then playing with veterans, uh, who, who start off the game that way is a completely different experience where, where every deal going across the table is suspect. Oh, so much fun. Yeah. Lords well, of Vegas, my number seven, his number eight. My number seven is on a couple other lists, so we'll wait for me to talk about that later. All right, my number seven is Madeira. Man, uh, I really don't know what to say about this game other than uh, I don't think it's quite as heavy as people make it out to be, but it is a crunchy, medium to heavy Euro. There's a lot of economic simulation. I actually played an online game with uh, just Brian not too long ago, a couple weeks before this, and uh, actually you're the one who pointed out about the the economic simulation part of it. There's a lot going on. I mean, I guess what I really like about it is the fact that you're trying to build a strategy, but part of that strategy involves appeasing the crown. And the crown is going to change their needs. So as you're selecting your dice, this is a dice management, dice placement game. And so as you're selecting your dice for each round, you're also selecting the, uh, the crown request that you want. So you're having to decide, do I want this really great dice, set of dice, but the crown request does not match up with my current strategy? Or am I going to go ahead and go with a, um, a set of dice that I don't really like? But I'll modify them later. You know, I use, use some actions to to change them and get a crown request. I know I can score a lot of points off of. And so sometimes I think in the game you just have to you have to pivot. You have to say, hey, 
I was going for this, and now I have to go for that. And the cool thing is because you score three times during the, the game, you may early on be going for one area of the board. And then later in the second half of the game, you could not touch it at all because you've already done what you needed to with it, right? So what do you think, Robert Bryant, or just Bryant? I was, I was having a good time watching you struggle explaining the game <laughs> because <laughs> this game is hard to, yeah. to make a concise explanation of. I think economic simulation – and and the the theme itself of trying to build up the the island of Madeira makes the most sense. Yeah. What goes into founding an island and managing it? A lot. What goes into that? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. like you gotta you gotta you gotta manage the farmers. You have to uh, you have to get funds from the crown. There's aspects of the peasantry that you have to do. You have to have people who work. You have to have exports. You have to have people, but but not just Whoa. export all the goods. You also have to feed the people that are there and, and yeah. have, have a marketplace. This game has so many interlocking... It's got like a lot of gears and yes, levers. Yes, it is and... such a complex game in that regard. Two years ago, when I played this with Gary the first time, uh, I, I had no idea what was going on, and I just wanted the game to end. But I was in a different, very different place then than I am now and I actually asked if we could play this game again but I didn't really I didn't really want to until recently and then I said hey I really want to play this game I want to try it again I felt like I got a really good handle on the rules yeah and I me. have I have fallen in love with this game so much so that it, when when the Kickstarter comes up early 2019 it, this and and Jongwo were going to come out together yeah I already plan on on going for Jongwo now I'm like hoping I can save up enough because I want both now I really yeah. want to grab it's, a physical I don't even know if I'm ever going to play Madeira but I for some, I want it on my shelf now it, well yeah no I, I totally get it and look I don't get it out that often. And that's why, like, being able to play the digital version it of it might be one of the most complex. It is, it is the most complex Euro I've ever played. Yeah. It may be, uh, as far as, like, the pieces and the cogs that, that pull together, this one's but, this one's crunchy. But man, I love they, it. They all make sense when you... They do. When you, once you play the full game of it, you're like, I see how it all matches up, uh, you know, how these all attach, you know, how they're all interwoven. And I don't know. It just, for whatever reason... I mean, I'm not that great. If you're going to build a colony on an island, you need to learn how to play this game yeah. first. <laughs> and <laughs> then take that experience, and you may actually do a pretty good job I, I, managing yeah. an island. Hey, I, th hey, I think you could be a good resume on your resume. I scored 100 points on Madeira. <laughs> oh, you're hired. You know? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, no, but seriously, it, it's just, for me, I just love the brain burn of the game. I mean, figuring out what you're going to do every turn is just, it's just very challenging. But let's go ahead and go on to um, uh, your number seven. My number seven is Descent Journeys in the Dark, second edition. This is a dungeon crawl. It's the dungeon crawl for a lot of people. Yes, it is. Well, and, and it has been for a long time. Descent is uh, has has less of a RPG narrative to it. This is a more of a tactics style game. You're you're rolling dice. You're fighting monsters. You're fulfilling objectives. It's a it's because it's objective based. It's shorter than a lot of other dungeon crawl. I could pretty much group Imperial Assault in here as well. Imperial Assault is a more refined descent system, and so uh, but but you know pick your poison. This is my number seven descent. So that was a. Uh, Descent was the g a game that I discovered. So I, I played Hero Quest. Yes, like when, you know, as a as a as a kid, uh, and that's a game that if you get it back out as a, as an adult, you're kind of like, ah, you know, it was fun as a kid. But then I I remember playing Descent, and going, okay, this is what I remember right. it being. You know, right? If you played Hero like, Quest as a kid and then you grew up, Descent is 
is the analog yeah. to that to that childhood experience of Hero Quest. Yeah. That's a good uh, way to and, put it. And for a long time, board gaming to me was always trying to get back to Hero Quest. You know, Hero mm-hmm. Quest kind of was was my early experience as well. And then since I got back into hobby gaming back in 2007, I've always like, man, I wish there was a game like Hero Quest. And everything was kind of a search for that. And maybe that's why Descent is kind of the the between so. Descent and Imperial Assault. That one kind of stands out more for me because I I, I associate gaming and dungeon crawling with kind of that fantasy thing yep. because of Hero Quest. Um, I totally get that. Yeah. But um, I will say this is the first year it's not been my number one. Uh, up until this year, yeah. Descent was always my number one. I, Spectacle. I won't get into why here, but you can read about that on the website when that comes up in January. If you can't care, you probably don't care. But but why this is just down seven points. <laughs> I care. The yeah. Descent is... I've only ever played the half campaign that we ever went through on Descent. I enjoyed it. Um, I really like the, the campaign aspect of it and the the comboing and getting it's kind of like playing a like an RPG like a World of Warcraft or something on a on a game you get to level up your character and stuff but uh, honestly the zombie side is ranked higher for me cuz it's just a simpler game it's a simpler and I'm not a big dungeon crawl person anyway so yeah the the app implementation to this has kept it as a mainstay for me because it it fills that cooperative role that like zombie side would do cuz zombie side is purely yeah, cooperative, so fully, fully co-op. where this is kind of one versus many. I like both aspects of it, and the, the app implementation just keeps it fresh for me. I mean, it's, it's it's kind of the same thing with some other games we've seen where they come up with a new thing, and it puts it in front of you again. I think, I think the problem I had with it, uh, particularly in our group, was that we just we got really bogged down with trying to min-max every situation. And, and the, yeah, the, yeah. That the happens turns, in some groups. You have to the turns of. took forever. Ever yeah, it happens in through. some groups. Gary's played in a few of my groups, and I've played in a few others. I've actually probably played this more than any other yeah. campaign. I've played this so many campaigns of Descent. And that happens in some groups, and, and when we played, I didn't know it how, was to, fairly early how to on. manage that. Yeah, I manage that better now yeah. as one I've of the players at the table, and it's not as bad. So if you ever want to get back into it, come play with me. We can, we can figure that out. Mm-hmm. Another thing I'll say about that is in our game that we played – because it got kind of exhausting, we didn't really finish it. You said it was a half campaign. That's exactly yeah, what it was. That's what happened. Later on, after playing more full campaigns and, and and kind of really getting our pace with it, it was really rewarding to see the combos that heroes would come up with. Teams would figure out how to play off of each other, and it was cool. I mean, they would have like their plays, like almost like a football like a football team saying, "Hey, you're going to do this play that we've done a hundred times already." Give me that buff, so that next turn I've got a plus one. And you attack see, kind or... of these same combos like bust out, and it's cool because every campaign is a different group of heroes, and they have to figure those combos out. And by the end of it, they've got it down, and that's cool. Like now they've really become a hero, that's, that's, and that's a neat little arc you get to see. You know, that's really cool. Again, going back to like, I never played World of Warcraft, but like MMORPG online type things, having a guild or a group that that regularly plays together that knows those kinds of things like hey i'm gonna do this and we're gonna get ready for this and we're gonna set up all of our stuff so that we can go after the guy and uh yeah that i could see that making it pretty fun yeah yeah well uh how about uh proper brian moving on to number five number six number six sorry number six number six speaking of number six another game i haven't played speaking of campaign games this is probably my campaign game that i really enjoy uh time stories is oh, my man. number six. So raise your hand if you've played Time Stories. I played it. So that's Gary. 
and and, oh. and, and you All and the audio. Audio. I, could, I didn't I have the group for you, it. But, I really, really, really wanted. I loved so much about it, but I traded it off because I didn't have anyone to play with, yeah. and I so, really and wanted to. That's my issue now. So when I first got Time Stories, I got a group together of my my cousin and let's see that. Uh, who all did I have in that group? It was like your cousin, my your cousin, brother my brother-in-law. Right? You guys were like really tearing through it, from what yeah, I yeah, like we, we were playing through, and they've since all moved away. Oh, so that group is kind of dissolved. But I'll come so, pretend to be one of those guys. So Time Stories, it's a campaign game. I would call it a legacy-ish style game because there are things that actually, from campaign to campaign, can carry through. They're not big. There, it's not. It's not a legacy game, but it's. It's the legacy game that I can play because I don't have time to get through 18 plays of a game with a single group. It, it is a one-time play game, though, right? Yes. Yes. So it's like a grandiose unlock or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you can see it. Uh, so each campaign that you have, each each scenario that you have, takes between one and about three or four plays to get through it. The way it kind of works, it's another one of those time travel games. and You're playing as these people from the future going back uh, into these different times and situations to uh, try to achieve some goal. And the way it works is if you fail in that goal, like if some, something happens that causes you to fail, you go back to the future and get chewed out by Bob. Yeah, Bob's and, really mean. Like Bob's a and jerk. And then he sends you back to do it again, but you go back with the information that you had, you know, from previously. So, which is like a like a real life fantasy that I have is going back in time with knowledge that I have today. Oh, cool. Then you'd love this. Like, <laughs> like, like I, I honestly daydream about this. Driving to work is like, man, I wish I can go back to high school with what I know. Anyway, so the the, the, the game plays Don't out. We with all. The, <laughs> the game plays out basically with a deck of cards that, uh, whenever you enter oh, a so new cool. area of the of a map, uh, you deal out like five or so of these cards up, and it creates this panorama of what you see, and then you decide from there what you're going to explore, what you're going to do, and you get to flip the cards over and you explore one to see what happens there. Basically, it gives you information, gives you, uh, you know, clues as to what's going on. Basically, it's it's the best narrative gaming experience I've had is playing this game. And uh, that's saying a lot because that's a, an important part of gaming to me. Yeah. So Very, uh, very cool game. My number six is Time Stories. Would that be a good two-player game? Um, no, I don't think you can. I think there's uh, modified rules online. Yeah, you, but you can. Technically, the game on the box says three plus. Yeah. I think you have to play multiple I would, characters. I would like it at four. But I do have, uh, I think, two scenarios that I have not played. Sitting at home, so just saying. Well, well Chuck, <laughs> moving on, what's uh, your number six? I kind of want to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, my number six is one of the most amazing gaming experiences I've ever had. What? And uh, it's Mission Red Planet. You can go Good watch game. our playthrough with Sam from the Dice Tower. Was that the experience you're talking about? That is about? my experience. That was a, a fantastic experience. But, I mean, this game's great anyway. I love area control games. This is... Probably the highest area control on my list. But uh, it, it's got a lot of uh, similar uh, mechanisms where you have to play your cards and then pull them back uh, to, like, Sentry Gollum has the same kind of thing where you play. I, I'm, I'm finding that I really like games that do this, and there's not a whole lot of games that, that We're playing a game right it. now that Lewis and Clark does that, right? Lewis and yeah. Clark. Concordia um, does this, right? Um, Concordia, Concordia does this. Concordia does this. So I'm, I'm finding that I'm, I'm actually enjoying games that do this, th this mechanism, and it doesn't seem to be a whole lot that do yeah, I that. I like it too. Yeah. But I, I really like the idea, and it's funny because I, I don't usually like simultaneous action games. I don't like, it feels a lot like programming to me in, in the way that it kind of 
goes through or whatever, but um, Mission Plan- Red Planet is just really good. It's got a lot of Take That, I think, which helps. I really enjoy Take That games, just messing with people. <laughs> I, I see I see Gary and Brian, like, just Brian, just Sorry. excellent beers. No, no. I'm we're listening. Like, we're, we're listening and toasting like, each other at the same time. <laughs> no. Speaking of excellent beers, y'all may think I'm weird on this, but um, I'm thinking that I like the Reverend more than Three Philosophers. Oh man, um, y'all I, may. Whoa, hey, time out. I, hey, I don't know. I really I'm just saying like you've had a little one. bit to drink. Like you just don't talk that way, you know. No, no, like I, let's I wait totally till you, I, wait till I you like, you've thought about it like, a few days. Cool okay, sorry. So, no, I didn't mean to get you. I, I didn't yeah. mean to get you off of Mission Red Planet because it's get, such a good game. Get back to the game, okay? So Mission Red Planet, <laughs> yeah, you're you're you have a, a handful Stay of cards. <laughs> <laughs> you have a handful of cards, and you you play you you pick a specific action. You play it, and you go in order of the number of the cards that were played. You go in reverse order, right? I, th- I think is how the new you have a countdown is. nine to one. I think the old yeah, version, that was so cool. That part old, was so cool. Like trying to figure out, do I want to be number nine, like right and get in first, or do I want to do like an action that I want more, right? Well, like but, so, like nine is is not as good of an action, and one going last is a better action typically. But I think the old version went. The other way, I think it went from one to nine. But anyway, the 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 game is just, man. There's so many like interacting things with everybody. Like everything that you're doing interacts with everybody around the board, and it, it's one of the few six-player games that works really, works well, really well with six players. It's, it does. It's not. It doesn't drag the game out. It, it feels just the same length as a shorter game with a fewer players. It. It does a lot of things that I like with with an area control aspect to it, and you're colonizing Mars. I mean, why is that? I mean, terraforming Mars is like one of the most popular games out there, and this is a simpler version okay. with a different kind of mechanism. That's just I want to play this game again now because you basically just made me want to play this. No, it's game great. Again. I love I've actually, this game. I've, I've taught this. I tend to teach this game to newer gamers a lot. This is one of the games that they, I have on pick it my up. list of first night game night kind of fodder i mean it's great great gaming material and i've taught this game to young people around eight years old to our age of course in in newer gamers i played it three player i played it six player played it four i mean it's it's all it's all about the same experience every time and it's always a good experience speaking of new players i mean the 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 only things they really have to learn so you have nine cards in your hand the, the first turn takes a little long. The first turn you're reading everybody's, a bit everybody's yeah. reading through the cards. But, but once you know the cards, you're done and you're I mean, good. It's, it's like boom, boom, you're boom, boom. I remember feeling like the, yeah, the turns got, like a lot of games, the turns get longer. Mm-hmm. And I remember in that game, it wasn't so much the case. I mean, it's like, because actually, the more you go into the, the deeper we got into the game, I felt like I knew what I wanted more. So, I, you know, I felt like, yeah, I, that's one thing I, I really enjoyed about the game. It's just, like you said, just. Those turns don't take a long time. It's quick. I, I love this game. This oh, is, I, I want to uh, play it again now. And it, it is down two spots, and you'll find out why here in a minute. But, um, yeah, that's my number six, Mission Red Planet. All right, so my number six is, like, way out in left field for what I would have thought I would have liked. Wait, wait, wait. This hang is on, very hang different. On. So we've got, like, Euro, 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 <laughs> and? Yeah, Warhammer 40K Kill Team. Okay, so like, okay, like this. This is like not a game. Like, is this I, a Euro game? Yeah, yeah. It's it's the Warhammer Euro game. Yeah. No. Um, our friend, uh, we we mentioned a friend, uh, Greg Greg Qualls. One of the first guys we ever did any kind of uh, had had a relationship with with the pub. He did yeah. uh, Outrider. Yeah, the, he did the, Kickstarter the kind of card miniatures game. That really we did, cool game. That yeah. He did, yeah. So so Greg Greg really loves. Um, he's a 
old school like Warhammer guy, but he he loves all sorts of games. We got into a game night. Like where we we've actually played a lot of games this year, and uh, he got me into playing like some games like um, a lot of these games workshop games like Necromunda, which is really really great. Um, we tried like the Warhammer 40k uh, intro box, and that was fun. But I told him, man, I, I just I just really don't want to get into like a big game like that. Yeah. Well, then I he tells me Silver Tower with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Silver Tower. Silver mm-hmm. Tower is great. So he's got me into all these kind of games. I really enjoy like the tactical minis kind of style, but I I just um, none of them just really seem like a good fit. And then he tells me, hey, check out this game, Kill Team. So. I go and I uh, it looks really good. I buy the the core rule book with him, and he actually gave me the first minis. He's like, "Hey, I have these extra orcs just laying around. It's a really fun little game. Got these orcs just laying yeah. around, dude. Yeah, well, because he's he's been playing the games a long time. He, he's he's gotten a couple like starter sets for whatever for his other the other bottles he wanted. And so all I'm gonna say is this game has surprised me. Like, I'm I'm sitting there like with a tape measure, like measuring like distances and like. You know, like all right, I'm I'm within you know half distance. I get you know double fire. You know, you know. I mean, I tell you, what, yeah, no, totally. I I did not expect to like this game as much as I have, but of from this year, like, and maybe it's a bit of culture of the new for me. But some of the best gaming experiences I've had this year have been playing this game, having fun. I think I don't think I've, I don't know if I've won a game yet, but Greg's really good at these games. But uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy uh, building my team. It's, it's got a little bit for everyone. Like if you want, if there's there's a there's almost a game to building your team. And then you go out there and then you know watch them all die and get destroyed in front of you. <laughs> no, I mean no, it's it's great. And so yeah, for me, so like you said, uh, Euro Euro Euro, and then uh, Tactical Minis War Game. Well, I don't know how that happened, but <laughs> that's my number six Warhammer <laughs> Kill Team. Looks like uh, my number six is going to come up later in someone else's list. So we will move on to Proper Brian's number five. Number five. My number five this year is El Grande. Has, has everyone at the table played this game? No. no I think I'm one of the only ones that has it. I've yeah. No, I haven't. Chuck hasn't played oh, either. Hey. No, this is, a no, this, is, this is yet another game. You know, I'm counting on your list. There are eight games on your list that I have not played. Uh, I played this <coughs> one. <laughs> But I haven't played it at the full player count. I'm told El Grande plays best at higher player counts. It does, because you get the most interaction at that point. Yeah, and I played it once at three with some of our friends here in town, and I bought it immediately, mostly because I was worried about it like it, it not being available. So I ended up getting the yeah. big box because that was all that I can get. Yeah, so El Grande is probably the yeah the oldest game on Grand my list. Granddaddy of area control, I believe, right, right. Is, is the catchphrase right right that's yeah. what they call it and but and i'm gonna talk about that in a minute so so the game that got me into board gaming was scotland yard that was a, a, a game I, I got to play when i was a little kid and then found it later as it got reprinted which was fun but el grande was the game that when i played it it's what made me excited about playing board games it was like oh well what else is out there and so that's, that's very when I, cool that's when i really started diving deeper into it and as we've said, El Grande is uh, an area control, area majority type of game where you're trying to control these different areas of Spain. And like just Brian said, it's the the granddaddy, uh, I put that in air quotes, of area control games, right? It's the, it's kind of the game that popularized or really introduced people to this, to this mechanism. And normally those games are very stripped down, bare bones, that mechanism. And this game is not that. 
Like there's so much going on in this game. It, it's it's area majority. It's bidding. You're bidding these cards. You have these really unique action cards that come up in the game. These intermittent scoring rounds that happen. Lots of really interesting stuff. And then you know, just on top of that, you have this uh, this castle that sits on the board that you can drop cubes into to have kind of this uh, hidden scoring thing happen during those scoring rounds. Anyway, uh, El Grande is. Well, it's stood the test of time. I mean, that's one of the things. It's one of those games that a lot of games fade with time. It's like you get excited about it when it's new, and then it just kind of it fades yeah. for you some. Even if it doesn't go away completely, it still fades some. But El Grande is one of those that continues to grow on me. You've always spoken highly of yeah. this game. Yeah. And it continues to grow on me. It, hey, it's such a good game. You're talking about area control, intermittent scoring rounds. You're speaking my language, buddy. We need to play this <laughs> So, And that's one of the reasons. So I think the bidding the bidding aspect is one of the reasons why it plays fairly well at higher player counts. I, th- I, I agree Is that. because when you have five or six cards, I forget, to bid on when you're playing at three players, it's not as tight as when you have mm. five or six Cards to play to bid on with five players. Mm-hmm. Your your options become more limited, and, and the and the risk is much greater. So the experience I had, the two people who played it, not you, also said this game is fantastic. We want you to play it, but we want you to play it again at a higher player count. And I just haven't gotten to. So, but I want well, to. Good. Well, I've, we've we've both got it, so let, we need to. So. Yeah. Oh, grande. I want to play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My number five. So Shuck. Oh me, uh, Gary will talk about this later. Oh yeah, yeah. You and I, hey, you and I get to team up on this later. I think uh, maybe all of us. Um, all right. So my number, um, my number five is another one. Yeah, another weird one. Blood Bowl team manager. It's actually another. It's like you've got this spot right in the middle of yeah, your list. That's, I don't know. This is weird. Like, these workshops just Island of got games some kind of foothold games. into your into well, your Euro technically life. This, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. They did. It's technically a fantasy flight game, but yeah, oh, it's a right. games workshop property. I'll tell you what, this game is so fun. It, it's chaotic. What was it it's again? Di- it's Blood Bowl Team Manager. Yeah. Yeah. It's the card game. Yeah, it's a card game. Yeah, it's a card game. And so, uh, man, it's it's got um, kind of an area control element where you're, you're bidding on the highlights for each game each week. Okay. And I'll tell you what, man, it's some of the most fun I've had. Like, I think I played it with, uh, well, I've played with both of you Bryans, correct? Yeah, I've played it yes. with Proper Brian yeah. and Just Brian. Yeah. Ah, it's just a very thematic game. It's got dice. Sometimes they suck. But you know, <laughs> that's the nature of the game. Yeah, right? but that's the thing. It's the nature of the game. Like it, it hurts me, but next time it hurts you and helps me. So I feel like you know, where I'm, I'm not usually a player that loves a lot of chaotic dice, but when they can just hurt everyone so badly, you know, and and, and sometimes they help you, and then there's ways to kind of mitigate it. That's great, man. I mean, uh, I I love the game. Like it, it's been one of my my best. Uh, <laughs> And Chuck just tried another beer. So, wh- which one is this, Chuck? This is time out. We got to see what you what you're trying. This you're, is this is the coffee beer, the real ale. The, oh, oh, it smells so good. Do it. Uh, tell and us what you think. First impression. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> we haven't had a single bad beer tonight. Oh. <laughs> this is a good one. Um, I like this. Yeah. Well, so th- I guess so, yeah. so playing Blood Bowl team manager, it was funny. I was I was texting Gary the day that I had to teach this or something to Rick Perez and, and the crew in San Angelo as if I'd played it a bunch of times and I only played it once. But um, I remember that being a really fun experience for them, <coughs> even though I think I got some rules wrong. We ended it doesn't up, matter. I think somebody came in halfway through the game and took my, my spot because we wanted to include them and get them in the game. And, and I can say it hit 
it hit for everybody that day. Like, well, everybody was having a great time with that game. The humor is great. I mean, like, and, you know, like the, even the, the, the and names. It's not that the, complex. Yeah, once you, that once complex. you understand, it's almost another area of control. Yeah. You're, you're, you're playing cards. You're trying to get more power on your side yeah. of the board than their side of the board. Essentially. And when you get three yeah. players playing on two sides, oh, yeah. it gets crazy because – let me, let me kind of take a couple steps back. You have three games, uh, three football games that, that are being played. Well, actually, it's, it's one game, but it's three highlights for the game. Three highlights. So three, like, game. key moments of the game, right? And so you're, you're – No, I thought it was three different games that you're that – you're, it's, it's actually different three, teams are playing against. I have to I have to look it up. I, yeah, okay. So yeah. Well, well, the idea. Okay. So the so idea is that three cards. Th- yeah. And and on either side of the card, only you can only compete yeah, on. That's right. It's, it's three highlights for the week. I'm sorry. So yeah, it's three, three different for the games. Week, three different games. Highlight for each different game. You're correct. And and once you play on one side of the card or one side of the the game, which you can play on either side, you're in that game. Somebody else can jump in that game, and that's great. It's a two player football game. The third person can't jump in. But they can jump in on the next one. But that's there's going three on. games. Yeah. And so when you think about it, you got three games, and, and then maybe like a maybe some kind of tournament at the end, yeah. and you have three players that are on two sides of each game, and you're kind of almost bidding for that first spot. Like I'm taking this game, and then it, you're in. Yeah, man, it gets like like sometimes it's, it's like I want. I hope Gary tanks the third game so my first game is stronger. And oh, it has yeah. nothing to do with the game. All it doesn't always have something to do with the game that you're. You're putting cards on. You're trying to affect other games. I, I don't know, man. It's there's really there's cool. a couple of layers to it, well, but it's simple. It's simple. It's, it's, a simple it's game. one, two, and three. Do I have yeah. a higher number than you do? But so, yeah. Did I did I hear you right that this has take that in it a little bit? Oh heck yeah! What? Oh, like, man. It's, it's all Warhammer, about it. No you, take you that. You would love this. this you would is, love this. So this is take that football. Yeah. yeah it's great. Oh man, I need to play. Why have you not? Somebody me this somebody game. came up to the game and said, "Is this fantasy football?" Oh. And we're like, "Will it?" It is, and it is. It's both fantasy football, and it's yeah. kind of a fantasy speaking, theme speaking football Speaking of fantasy game. football, playoffs start next week. Oh, that, there yeah. yeah. I need to play yeah. this game. So well, here's the thing about Blood Bowl Team Manager. Yeah, I'll play it with you. You'd it's love out it. of print. Uh, yeah, it's hard to get. But no, you can get it. You can get it. It's it's out of print. You can go on Amazon. You can pay for it, and you wouldn't. It's not at this point. It's not um, unreasonable, but it is yeah, more expensive than it would be if it was in print. Mm. And one of the expansions is unreasonable, but but one of them yeah, isn't. One I don't so have. go out and grab it right now if you're at all interested. Yeah, because definitely. because the longer time goes, this will not. It's a fantasy flight game with a Games Workshop IP. I, I have a feeling Games Workshop is going to sell this IP to you someone think, else eventually. You think they're at Games Workshop is going to? I don't know. I don't man. know. They they they. I'm not going to hold my breath on that. They came out with the Blitz Bowl, which is like the blood like the the Blood Bowl miniatures game, like light version. Blitz right, Bowl right. is like Blood Bowl light. I feel like. If that does well, they're going to want to continue the. Uh, plus this is my property. favorite Games Workshop yeah. game, and I'm and I'm really sad that it's not something that I can get my hands yeah. on easily. Yeah, well, but I'm very happy that you're my friend. Well, hey, you can come over and play with. That's why we're staying in Abilene. The Death my, Roller. My and, wife uh, and I yeah. talked about moving, and we're like, "No, Gary's got Blood Bowl Team Manager. We got to <laughs> yeah, stay in Abilene." There you go. Yeah, you, you can come over and play with Long Bomb Silver and uh, uh, Crush man, Face. Oh, and, oh man, uh, I love the names. Yeah, yeah, Crush Face and. Uh, the Death Roller, you know, you can come play with those Thank guys you. with me anytime. Well, so let's, let's speak of, like uh, let's move on to your your, your game. Uh, what's your number? My number, number five? five is Concordia. Good and game. I, I I I need to talk a little bit about Concordia, yeah. uh, but I won't. I'll, I'll try to keep it a little bit brief. Concordia to. If you haven't played this game, you need you need uh, to number one play it. You need I, to get past. 
any inhibitions you have and and find somebody that has it and play it. Um, and you got to get past the cover. If you can't find anybody to play this game, send me a message at pubmeeple at gmail.com and we'll set up like a, a game on Boitajur because I think I think you need to play this game enough that I'll, I'll put, put so, in the time. So here's the thing. We mentioned Lewis and Clark earlier. When, when I think of Lewis and Clark, I'd rather play Concordia. Yeah. Even though I didn't understand the rules probably as good as I should have, I still like this game. Yeah. And, uh, and so this is, uh, this to me, it's not the gateway game for me uh, in Euro games, but it is definitely the game that propelled me further into Euro gaming this year. And it's a new game for me this year. It's one of the new ones on my list. Um, and what you're doing is you're trading in the Mediterranean. I know that's cliche, but it is what you're doing. And this game rewards efficient turns as you try to trade yeah. the different types of goods. You're trying to make efficient rounds. And like Mission Red Planet, you're, you're playing out the cards. Once you're ready to kind of collect those back in your hand, there's a specific card that brings those back. But just like the rest of the game, it's an efficiency game. You, you don't want to collect all the cards until you are until you've played as many as possible because it's not the best move you can make. Anyway, the the thing that I will say and I say this on I'll say this on the review online as well is that I've played this both physically at this point and online. I played online with Shuck and Gary. It, it's a different experience and here's where it's different. Playing this game on the board where your score is completely obfuscated. And we've talked a little bit about obfuscation in our scoring podcast. Um, this is a game that shines at obfuscation scoring. So, okay. And, and Shuck hasn't experienced I, that I yet. Will, I, will, I will say the having the points available to us online. Itali- uh, to explain that, it, it tallies it as you go. It, so we can see each other's points the whole for, game. I've always been an advocate of being able to see points. And being able to min-max your plays. This is a game where I think it is actually detrimental to the game. And I would agree, playing it, uh, having it, played And you played it both they, ways, there too, was, There was a point where I was like, I'm not going to win. Yeah. I, it doesn't matter what I do. I'm not going to win. You and it, two turns it, out. If I would have not known what the scores were, that I would have enjoyed the game so much more. And that's the thing about this game is... Um, you enjoy this game, and, and the people I've talked to, and I've even watched a show up and sit down review, they've almost said the exact same thing. You almost enjoy playing this game more than you care about in-game metrics. Yes, yeah. I can completely agree with that. And the rewarding aspects of this game is is doing a thing. Like, I got to put four buildings out at the exact same time, and it, it may have taken me 12 turns to build that up. That's an exaggeration, but it may have taken me a long, time to, a long time to build a long time. that up. <laughs> but man, did that feel good. Yes. In playing the physical copy, you count up your score at the end, and it's kind of like, well, I had a great time playing it. I don't care that I lost, or yeah. I don't care that my score wasn't the yeah. highest. I would prefer to play this game in person, and it is such a rewarding yeah. game to play. I think there's a, there's a variant in the rulebook that says for for new players you score halfway through or it's not halfway through but there, there's a point at which you score I I'm trying to think when uh, I can't remember but there, there's a point at which when someone does when someone triggers a certain action they say hey go ahead and score so that new players understand how the scoring works I think that would work better because Shuck we got to the end of the game you weren't quite 100 percent sure on how the scoring worked and I think had you known that from an earlier point on. That would have altered your play. Well, that's partially my fault. I didn't read the rules as well as I should have. But, but even still, like knowing the points and seeing what yeah. you were doing, uh, and knowing what I was of, capable of being able to do, 
I, I knew that no matter what I did, yeah. you were going to outscore me. See, that's one thing where I think it's great knowing your own score, but I, I, I agree with you. The online implementation is really good. Not trying to trash that, but I agree with you. I'd rather play where I'm, I kind of have an idea of where I'm at, and I have an idea of where I think you're at, and let's see how that turns out. Because like Chuck said, man, I felt really bad that that, that in that online game where no, I don't. knew like two turns out, like, if I do this, there's no way he can catch me. Don't and feel bad. I enjoyed our playthrough. Yeah. I thought it was a fun game. Yeah. And this is another one of those that they've kind of gone the ticket to ride route where if you, mm. you buy the base game, you can buy like I think they have let me let me let me count in my head. There's at least four expansion maps, I believe, yeah. and they're all two sided. It's like baby ticket to ride. Yeah, yeah. and so you need like fifty before you can count yourself. To <laughs> okay, okay, I, I got where you're going with that. I said, I said, yeah, and then I was like, wait, what does he mean? No, I got you, I got you. I get you. Um, yeah. There's only four boards, but man, Concordia, get past the lady on the front, make her your best friend, and go read my review on it online because uh, I compare it to a prickly pear. Who the fruit is so sweet. But um, if you if you're not from West Texas, uh, I've eaten one of those without taking the burrs out and having a burr in your mouth. <laughs> that's, that's the skin yeah, of the game. No. That's the skin of the game, though, right? Like yeah. she's she's the she's the what? Did I, here, I'll just read it. Uh, like the prickly pear, you've kept me from your sweet fruit by the burrs and trappings of your exterior, but no more. And then I go on to the review. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was funny is they they touted actually like hey we did a second edition or a new new box I'm like the, the second box is like just slightly less ugly than the first box. it's the exact same like graphic of the lady giving you the symbol oh. like to, to slug oh. you you know the the the, the okay symbol that's down below your waist Speak, and she's showing of, it off it's the same of graphics same just ignore the cover yeah just it, ignore it yeah. just it's it's much and play better the game it has it's nothing, much better than the cover it has nothing to, it barely has anything to do with grapes. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why does everybody talk about grapes with Concordia? Yeah. All right, let's move on. Yeah. Because no, Concord uh, grape. Uh, so Concord. Yeah. <laughs> it's a wine. So, so, uh, so moving on to number four. We're on our number fours now. Uh, proper Brian. All right. I'm I'm excited to talk about this one. This is new to my list this year. Uh, it's not a new game. Did to it move me. up? It's moved up. Yeah, it moved up quite a bit. Twelve spots actually. Um, what? Yeah. So it jumped up into my top ten and and. This was one of those when I was looking at my my list, thinking, wondering if I was going to re-rank the top X percent or so. I saw it up there and I was like, "Does that that does belong there?" You know, I was like, "So Shogun is is a game by Queen Games. It's another area control game. If I have a uh, consistent thread through my list, like Gary has through his most of his anyway, mine is area control. I've always kind of seen you as an area control." Like you, you, you kind of you kind of shift or, or lean towards the area control. Genre. I do, and I don't even realize it. I guess, it's, but and here it is on the paper. No, yeah. So Shogun is a game about trying to control Japan. There are a couple things about this game that are just really fun to me. So the first one being the variable action order. So every round, there's there's ten actions that are going to play out in the round, and every round you deal those up in a different order so like there's not a like you just deal them up and and it tells you uh, what's coming but you can't plan perfectly because the last five i believe it's five it is five uh, the last five actions are faced down until you get closer to to when they come up so they, they are revealed five kind of yes, moves ahead though. Right. so it's not like a like an instant surprise right so you can look at 
the first five actions that are going to happen in a round and plan for that. But then there's these last five actions that might not come in the order that you want. So it's it allows you to plan but not plan perfectly, which is I, I like that in games. The second piece of this is a physical component that I, I really feel like should be in almost any combat game. And that's the cube tower. So um, good. Yeah, if you like so And it's the only one. I mean Wallenstein of course, but yeah. between the two there's another of this one. Game, there's another I've game that uses one, but it's not for oh, what was it? Is it um Amerigo? I uses don't know it, this. Um, but it's not for combat. It's it's okay. used for action selection. It's like yeah. when you drop the cubes yeah. through in that game, you're seeing what actions come up hmm. of, that are available. Yeah, that's but new to me. The you know, way it works in combat in Shogun is brilliant. Yeah, so in Shogun, when when you go into combat, you gather up all the cubes from the two factions that are fighting each other, and you drop them through this tower. So inside the tower, there's these little shelves that stick out here and there, and so. Some cubes will fall all the way through and come out the bottom. Some cubes will get stuck. And some cubes that have previously been stuck in there will drop out the bottom also. All you do is you look at to see what came out the bottom to, to determine the winner, right? It's so quick. Quick, it, quick, quick. Real yeah, quick. quick. So with dice, you, you kind of, in a, in a dice-based combat, you have this what's going to happen moment, you know? And you have the exact same thing here. It's quicker. It's actually less random. Yes. Like if you had been in a bunch of battles before and your cubes just weren't coming out, well, guess what? They're all stuck up in there. You know, they're stuck in that cube tower and they'll eventually come out. And so you have this ability to, you know, have these you know, past conflicts impact future ones. It's just so cool. It's so great. You know, but those those two things about the game are really what shine to me. I mean, it's a great game aside just from those two things. But uh, Shogun. This is yet another one that I have not played on your list, but you know what the Did tower reminds me of? No, I haven't played oh. it. I missed that night with y'all. Yeah. Um, it, it actually, I don't know how much I would enjoy it. The uh, Looking up the reviews on this reminds me of kind of a, a slightly bit of like a programming kind of feel to it with yeah. some of it. Yeah, but, you uh, see that. Yeah. But the tower, the tower reminds me of the Flick 'em Up Dev, Dead of Winter. Have you ever seen mm. that? Mm-mm. Where the zombie like falls through a tower and then like goes in it. It's like a, a spatial type thing. Um, it, it, I know it's not the same. It's not, it's not the same at all, but it reminds me of mm. that. Like, and I haven't seen that kind of thing. Well, well I, I wish any, any game with combat would use this. I mean, this thing is so that cool. That is really cool. The I tower like is so cool because as, pe- as more peasants revolt, when the peasants get in there, they help, is it, they help the defender. Or yes. It depends on if the defender is if the defender has has ticked off its peasants. Yeah. They're not doing anything for no, that guy. Not, yeah. But if they're all cool right. with their overlord in that well, that region, then they, yeah, they'll help the defender. I remember like thinking like there was a couple battles where the peasants really played a key. Oh yeah. Like the revolting peasants really played a key element, and you're like, why didn't I take care of my peasants? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> feed them. You know, that was two turns ago. I fed you last turn. You know, but you know you were already in the in the tower. Why, so. why is feeding always? Something that happens in a game. I don't know. Like why? Why do we have we to gotta, feed people? We gotta eat, man. We gotta eat. Hey, what no, I find interesting. About your, one thing I find interesting about your list, proper Brian, is um, Shogun. You're number four. El Grande. You're number five. And I would say that in area, the area control. These are two games that they're not similar, but I, I regard them very similar. And I would probably put them. Uh, these came down further down on my list, but I would still put them in almost the same order. Shogun. Beat out El Grande in my list as well, and I when I think of like a, the game I want to play the most, Area Control, I think Shogun, Shogun is is the, is the one that I want to play the most right now. Speaking of a game that I want to play the very much of someone else's, Chuck, I really want to hear you talk oh. about your number four. Oh, it's such a okay. Good game. So here's a game 
here's a guy. Uh, here, here's a game that I knew was going to end up in my top 10 this year when, when I ranked them last year. And the only reason it wasn't in my top 10 last year was because I only played it once. And that's The Colonists. So good. And, man, I, the more I think about this game, the more I just absolutely love this game. We talk about epic games. We talk about uh, uh, Twilight Imperium earlier. This is like the Twilight Imperium of worker placement. And I and I, looking at my list this that's year, cool. I have a yeah. lot of worker placements on my list. Engine building is my favorite mechanism, but worker placement is obviously my second. And, and I like a lot of worker placement games. And this one, maybe it's close to my heart because I had a game that I was working on a long time ago that was a spatial movement type worker placement game that I wanted to work in it. And I just could never get it to function the way I wanted it to. Like I, I, you know, as a game designer, you just sometimes games just don't work and you have to just put them aside and it's just never going to happen. And I played, um, what was it, Istanbul. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's what I probably should have done. But it really didn't hit the right feel for me. Yeah. Like, it was, it just seemed very simplistic, and it wasn't what I wanted. Once I played this game, it is exactly what I want mm. with a spatial worker placement game. It has, a, like, a slight engine-building feel from era to era once you're making agreements with ally colonies and all these other things. But essentially, it's like a civ-building game. You're moving around in this main colony that your central board, and then you're trying to develop your own colony outside of that by moving around and taking actions and doing things. And it, it is just a fantastic game. It is probably the most complex, as in heavy and physically heavy, of all the games that I, I have. I will say... It, it's it's heavy. It yeah. it is a very heavy game, but when you're playing, it doesn't feel that way. It's weird. It is. There are a lot of rules. There are a lot of rules. And as a matter of fact, I'm working on a, a player reference simply because there's just a lot going on. But what I think works really well with this is that it's done in phases, and so in this phase you do something, and, and so there are a lot of things going on. But because it's delegated to this phase, it only happens then. And so that really helps streamline some of the things that are going on. It It's just an excellent game. And I feel I haven't gotten all the way to Era 4 yet, but I just I, I know when I go to Era 4, this is this may end up moving up on my list next year. I, I just I love this game. I, and I, I want to be there when you go to Era 4 because you and uh, I have had some really great plays. With someday. Yeah. Uh, someday. The, also, I got a... We were talking about setups earlier, like setup yeah. games. This is a game that takes a long time to set up. Getting an insert that helps set up this game makes it so much better. It makes it quicker. Things are a lot more obvious. I got one off Etsy for uh, Christmas last year, and it's excellent. It's worth the money if you're thinking about inserts. This is this is my top insert to get out of any game that you would ever get. It's just it it really kind of needs it. And, uh, yeah, that's my number four colonist. It's great. I love it. Uh, yeah, man, I just, just want to chip in that this game does a lot of things really well. The The spatial element, I mean, it just – in spades because you build the board together, right? Yeah. But, but was it first player or, or – Yes. Gets to kind of start it out. So you want to vie for that spot because man, you, if you get to choose the first couple – Things. I mean, that's that's huge. Yeah, but then everyone to, else is going to so, build around you. So the first player gets to decide where some of the pieces of the board go and where they place in the main colony, and you can set up some really cool combos by being first player that benefit you. 
Yeah. And so it's, I mean, you it's can set the board up in a way that benefits you more, but other people then can come in and try to piggyback off that or kind of stop you from that. Um, man, it, yeah, the game does so many things so well. And I know there are kind of quite a, quite a few rules, but when you're playing it mechanically, and we talked about this on that, our Slack channel, it, it feels simple when you're playing it. Yes. Like, to prepare for it, there are some rules to remember, and I think your player reference is going to be great. But we'll, we'll release yeah. it on the website once I'm finished. I'm, I'm still working on it, but uh, I think it'll really help everybody that that wants to play this game. Ah, uh, the Colonist, your number four, great game. So my number four is uh, Russian. My Rose. number five. Yeah, it's it's Shrek's number five. Is it? Uh, oh man, it didn't make it in anyone else's top tens, but it, it is a one that's ranked fairly highly with the pub. Uh, which is uh, Russian Railroads, uh, another worker work replacement game. Uh, some of the, I guess, I think we've all talked about. We really like about this game. This barely missed my top yeah. ten. I think it was like eleven or twelve on yours. Or, yeah, or, it was. Uh, it was yeah. fairly high on mine um, as well. The amount of customization on your personal player board. I mean, number one, the actual worker placement aspect of it is great because there are some, there are some actions that are almost like a duplicate of another action, but they're more efficient, and so. You, but you have to put more workers on it. So you're kind of trying to make that decision of, am I, can I do can I do this action for two workers, or do I want to spend three workers and get to do so, you know twice as much? That's that's the thing I said about it last year, and, and the thing I still enjoy about it the most is the flexibility, the flexibility in this game. You can, like you said, go early and spend less workers to do it, or you can go a little bit later, do the same thing, spend a little bit more workers, or if you really want to, spend a coin. I mean, coins are good for, you know, hiring engineers. Oh, yeah. The but, coins, the coins but, are like a wild worker, or they're the only way to get the engineers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's great. Like, just be, that flexibility of being able to use that when you want it. I think that was my favorite part of the game. I love it. <clears throat> was being able to, like, you could do what you needed to do or could do yeah. what you wanted you to do. do. I mean, you could do it. Every now and then you get cut off. It costs you, right? Yeah. Every now and then you get cut off, but you never, it didn't feel quite so unforgiving in that well, way. Well, that's for those engineers. If you can get that engineer, a lot, oftentimes they let you do an action you could do otherwise, but now you get a bonus for it. So, I mean, I don't know, man. And, and then the, and the way you customize your player board, everyone's player board is going to be a little bit different. Just, the game the, is so good. The other thing that's really nice about this game, I've seen so many different strategies. I was about to say. To like, this game. I've, I've actually intentionally played this game with three or four different strategies. I'm going for the technology this time. This time I'm going to ignore technology and because I felt like it was almost broken. I'm going to ignore it. I'm going to go for the third railroad. I forget the names are, but the third one down. And I've actually was not only competitive, but I, yes. No, the Trans-Siberian is the top one. I'm sorry, no. But correct. the third yeah, one down correct. where it's kind of um, like the, the – it kind of seemed like the one that was probably the weakest to me and I actually won with it. I have been highly competitive with three completely different strategies yeah. Yeah, in this, this game. Is, this is – one of the most balanced in that aspect that I would I've agree. seen totally. in a lot of games that I've played, you can play so many different strategies, go whichever route you want, and it, it can be completely relevant. Uh, I mean, just go with whatever you feel like doing that round. I mean, that game. I mean, it's, you kind of have to stick to whatever you pick early on. That that is one thing that has to happen if you kind of yeah I if do you kind of if you kind of move around right. a lot you That's probably right. will struggle. You need to specialize yeah. in but, this game somehow. But you got to decide what you're going to do. Okay, but one caveat good. to that is work. Specialize, but if you want to go that bottom technology route, it works. You can specialize in one of the trains plus the bottom route yeah. too. Sure. You you can you can split your you can split it up a little bit that way. But as far as the tracks go, now we'll say um, I have tried to split. One of the third strategies I had was I try to split it. I was still heavy on one, but 
paid a lot of attention to his second track, and I and I did really well for that one game where Sean. Beat of, course, me. of course, these guys know that I go for the engineers. Yeah, oh my so they gosh. try to they try to screw me every time. Every so. time we play, when I play with Sean, <laughs> I have to have this special strategy. Of, uh, That's right, which is. Try to get an engineer first. You know, get first player and have some co- have enough coins. I takes me off as long time. as yeah. as long as Gary's first player. I don't worry about it. But then once I see Sean get first player, all right, I gotta get first player yeah. now. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> yeah, good, great, great game. Russian Railroad. Love again, Russian Railroad. Another one that's out of print. And if I'm it ever makes it in print, it's an insta buy for me. I've tried to trade for it, and, and oh I've almost gosh. I've almost just pulled the trigger on paying because I want this game so bad. Well, I always I think it's weird that this one's still out of out of print because. He got the German Railroad's expansion, what, two, three years back? Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, why are you making an expansion for a game that's, that's hard to get? Like, I figured, at, I mean, at that time, it was still available. But shortly after that, it, it was out gone. of print. And it was I thought, Z-Man, right? Know, Z-Man's yeah, Z-Man. Like- and, and, I, and Z-Man's a big enough company. And I was just so surprised. And so if this game doesn't come back in the next couple of years, I, it's going to be a shame. If Board, Game Arena, if Board Game Arena didn't have this online, I would feel this greater sense of urgency to go out and get it. I'm, I'm glad I got a, my hands on a copy. Do because, you think it has uh, anything to do with Zeman got bought up, right? By, yeah. Was it Asmodee? Mm. Or, I, yeah, I wonder or if that's changed anything. because, But it, it was a successful game. I mean, if you got a game that I, I seems to be... I, I seem that I, I believe the demand for it is there, it's especially a, after this podcast. After this podcast, everybody's oh, gonna be asking yeah, for it. Millions yeah, of people want that it. should all go get it. Yeah. Demand that they make a me- reprint. Dozen, dozens of people. Vassal's law must. <laughs> Two people. <laughs> Singles of people. <laughs> One person. Okay, okay, it's proper bride. I mean, just bride's gonna demand. Just me. I demand this yeah. game. All right. Hey, Russian railroads. My number four is uh, not Russian railroads. It's a game I can't talk about. You're about to talk about it in a minute. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about it right now. Oh, that's right. We're going to just move right on. So my number four happens to be Proper Brian's. Number three, and it's side. With it's also my number seven. Woohoo! Oh, so so we skipped this earlier with with Shuck's list. Yeah, so Scythe is holding steady at my number three. It was that last year, and I feel like it deserves to still be sitting there for sure. It's one of those games that when it was announced, I remember following Stonemaier games like news and stuff like that and I remember when it was announced I was like yep I'm buying that because <laughs> the way he described it um it's a uh it's uh, I don't know it's not, it's not it's kind of a worker placement game it's but it's an, it's action, an action selection worker that pla- feels yeah. very like worker placement yeah so um but it takes place in an alternate history uh World War is it two World War one era one, I think. Yeah. I think it's post-World War One. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Uh, kind of in a fictional European setting um, where the main power in the world has kind of gone away and you're trying to kind of fill that gap. So you're all these different factions kind of moving into the land uh, that's been vacated, trying to uh, take control of it and, and assert your dominance, I guess, over, over this area. And it so elegantly combines many, many things I enjoy about games. Probably my favorite thing, though, and I'll let you guys talk some too because I know this was on your list is the the popularity system in it in a lot of war games you kind of just kind of wander around the countryside destroying things and it doesn't seem to impact anybody and that's not the way war really works at all and in this game the popularity system takes that into account where i mean if you do a like a combat type of action where there are people there you're it's going to impact your popularity with the people of of this area that you're moving into which has a big impact on the in-game scoring. So you can't just run around destroying things and, and, and not expect it to impact the way the game ends up for you. So, so. This, this is one of the things that I actually like a lot about this game. In honesty, this is my 4X game. 
I know it's not really a 4X game. It but is I, so. I'll, I'll argue I, it is. So I don't. It's a 3.5X game. I don't like. <laughs> I'm, I'm finding. Hey, I'll tell you what. We'll round up and it's a 4X it game. It is. I'm so. finding that I'm like the medium weight, <laughs> heavy game type person in our group. I don't like super complex games. And so a lot of the 4X games kind of fit into that realm of being really complex, really heavy with a lot of rules and a lot of if-thens. And, mm. and this game is just very streamlined. It's very simple. It's not complicated. It, it, it uses a lot of the 4X elements that I like. And, and your concept of the popularity of, you know, do you want to actually go battle someone or not? I, I get a lot of anxiety in 4X games being attacked. I don't want to be attacked. But I do like a little bit of combat in a game. I, I don't... I don't want to just sit there and be like a solo game. I want to be able to interact with people. And so, uh, nice. Thank you. They're, Sorry. they're Sorry. cheering over here. With no, their, they're cheering. I, I love their, what you just said. They're lovely coffee beers. This is an excellent beer. Like every beer I've had tonight has gotten better and better. Anyway, so Scythe, it, it, it's just my 4X game. I mean, it, it is for me the, the perfect 4X, what I want out of a game. It's it's very simplistic. It gives me a worker placement feel without actually being a worker placement game. It it is the highest of that genre for me. What do you think, uh, just Brian? So uh, this came one up on my list from Concordia, and similar to Concordia, this is a game that will reward efficient turns. Definitely. But the the mechanics are different. Action selection is is the the thrust of Scythe. As opposed to like a card play and and the and kind of the pick up all your cards. I what they, I don't know what they call that, but so hand, but hand but, management. Yeah, hand yeah. management. So we're but yeah. we're we're in more an action selection system. We're we're looking at something that's going to reward an efficient turn and different than other map style games. We're not looking at something that the person who necessarily has the most objectives wins, the person that necessarily has the most area hex control wins. I've won this game with maybe five hexes, which you start with three. Uh, other people had more. I've won this game with four stars, and the and the game ends when somebody grabs oh, six. Star so people system. had more, more stars than I did. I love the star system. Um, yeah, that's a really good part of the game. It's a game that... You, you find multiple strategies working, even though you might find yourself in a similar strategy every time you play. But other people are playing competitively their way, the way they like to play the game, which I think is why mm. this game speaks to so many different people, because you can play it on different levels. You don't have to be the guy who gobbles up all the hexes on the, on mm -hmm. the game. Uh, I will say that if you're a completionist, you may like this game because you get rewarded for completing things. But um, I think the reason why this game has some staying power and the reason why it's, it's and we've talked about this before, is Stonemire Games has been pretty intelligent about their releases. And it keeps the the new releases that have happened have kept this game in front of us for a long time. Well, that, was, that was my number three, side. That was Shuck's number seven. And my number Just four. Brian's number four. So, Shuck. Yeah, well, you're number three. Uh, my number three is a game that you probably wouldn't expect to be number three because it's a very light game, but that's Takinoko, and I yeah, love Takinoko. That, that comes, 
So you've got the colonists and then Takenoko. I didn't even look at that. Takenoko came in on our top five last year, though. I I, I want to say that Takenoko was my number one a couple years it ago. It has maybe. been really it's high, been high on your list. It's a really good game. It's still high on my list. Here, here's the thing. Like I said a minute ago, medium weight games are, are tend to be my jam. I didn't think about um, that being the colonists. <laughs> <laughs> Takanoko followed by the so, colonist. Yeah. Co- Shuck okay. is a very complicated okay, person. Okay, so here, here's right? the thing. I, I like medium weight games. You very colonist, taste. It's good. colonist is a very heavy game, and that's very out of my norm as far as games go. Probably Zaya being the next complicated in, in my game collection. But typically, I tend to have medium to lightweight games. I like to get games that are very family-oriented, and Takanoko is a very family-oriented game. It is, it is, it is a... It is a very cute game with pandas. the The pandas are great. The rule book is so great to read. Like the the Takenoko rule book is one of the the rule books that I enjoy reading because it has like a comic book look to it. It's great. I love it. Everything about this game is just pretty and beautiful, and the the components are great. Like you actually stack these bamboos and you make it like a bamboo tree, and the panda moves around, eats the bamboo. It's just I like set collection games. This is the set collection game. And it's not just, it's not like rummy where you're sitting there and, you know, I'm going to take this three and add it to my hand. No, the, the board is being manipulated by everybody that's playing the game. Everybody who's playing is being affected by what's happening to the board. The things that you're collecting uh, are affected each round. If you don't do it now, it, you know, I mean, if you wait, because sometimes you can wait. I mean, if, if you wait and decide to do a bunch of things later, sure, you can end the game immediately and maybe surprise everybody, but sometimes you just got to do it. And it, the game's just great. It's easy to teach. It's it's fun. It's, it's a good family. This is my must-own family game for anybody who wants to build That's a, a high collection? Really? Here, no. Here's it, the it thing, is. though. I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking, I, I'm feeling like you're defending the, your your selection, but you don't have to. I'm not this defending is a, it. This I'm is a good game, game. This is a game, though, that despite the the way it looks, it looks cutesy. It looks like a family game, despite the fact that it's simple. I've actually introduced this game to people who weren't gamers. This is their first hobby game they played, and they loved it. And we played two games back to back. Despite all that. As a gamer and as a gamer who loves Madeira, I love Takanoko. Like, those are like almost two opposite ends of the spectrum. I think Takanoko is fantastic. It's a different kind of fun that we get to have, and it's one that's not parred down by simplicity. It is simple, but it doesn't mean it's not still hard to play. Like, there are some aspects to this game where I'm like, wow, I have to manage three different parts to my strategy i had to manage the the tile placement i had to manage my bamboo resources and i have to manage the uh the the gardener right yes and and not only do i have to do that but i have to do that while you guys are trying to do the exact same thing to the board state sometimes i'm lucky that we have common goals and i get to throw in my victory card but most of the time i'm trying to influence something that you're simultaneously trying to influence and we share it together Oh, it's so it's challenging game. I really love it. Really cool. Takenoko. I like a cool rule set, too. One of the things I like about Takenoko, I like games with table presence. In other words, like you see it on the table and you're like, oh, that's cool. And one of the things that Takenoko has is it has like the little panda miniature and has the 
the little gardener, but it has these bamboo shoots the bamboo is so cool. that Man. build as you play the game. And, and I think when you're and, done with the game and you see your board, it looks it, it's beautiful. It looks yeah. you see your kind of sea of bamboo yeah. on the on the table, and and that's what makes me want to play it again. Almost immediately, is because I just game, saw what we did. It's the kind of game when you get when when you walk by it, if you hadn't played it before and you saw it, you you'd want to ask, "What's that?" You know, and it, it just has. I like games with table presence. You, in you know it, how many times I've been tempted to buy the 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 big special edition, whatever they call it, the with like mm, the extra mm-hmm. big bamboo and the big panda version. That would be cool. It it's. In my opinion, it? it's not worth the money. Okay. It's super expensive. Yeah, but is it the one that's like like hundred plus or something like oh, that? Oh, it's probably like two or three hundred oh, plus yeah. for for a game that's not worth that much. You're money. still gonna but really it, enjoy the, just, the game you have. It, I have been tempted. I'll just say that it looks great. I mean, the the like you said, the board presence, being able to vertically and three dimensionally build a board state, it is rare in making a game that works well. That does that. That's not gimmicky, hmm. and this one is not. Hey, Gary. Uh, yeah, yes, sir. What's oh, your yeah, number yeah. three. My number three here. <laughs> um, man. Okay, so I'm almost. How are you gonna say this game? It's Le Havre. It's You're gonna say Le Havre. Le Havre. Yeah. I thought it was Le Havre. Uh, Le Havre. I thought it was Le Hall. Okay, La Havre. All right, we'll call it La Havre. I thought it was the no, port. It's, it's, yeah, there you go. The, the port. port. Yeah. The harbor. Um, that's what it means. The harbor. Oh, the harbor. The harbor. The harbor. The harbor. Yeah. The harbor. Is this another Uwe game? This is another Uwe game. Why haven't you played this with me? Yeah, dude, you and I have been meeting. Well, because the last time we got together, we played the call. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) This is true. So so it was like uh, Le Havre or The Colonist, and we went to The Colonist. I really, really like this one. Um, It actually fell down one one spot on my list this year, but that's not because I I don't like the game anymore. I, I just, I really enjoyed it. We've talked about some games where they have like deep, Decision trees, you know, like the, the decisions you can make, and, and, you're, and, you're, and you're always second guessing yourself. But the mechanics are very simple. On your turn, you do one action, and the way you kind of have like this um, kind of like leapfrog progression on your turn. So one round you may have three actions if you're in a two, in a two player game, and the next round you have two. On uh, in three and four player, four and five player games, it's a little bit more. Um, I, I really think this game is really should be played between two and four. Yeah, so you just it's basically you're managing resources, you're converting resources, you're getting fish, you're you're you know, smoking those fish and then you're selling those, you know, putting them on a ship and selling them for money. Essentially the end of the game is just who has the most money. I will tell you what, at least in his older games, Uve knew what he was doing and um he he designed some really great games. Um you know, I, this game's been on my list for a while and Number 3 is Chuck, really high for for some some of these games that have been on your list for a long time, yeah, and it's been on have, my list for a long time. You know, and here's here's where I'm sad. I, I kind of feel bad played, that I haven't played this. I've game. not played it with any of you guys, and it's it's such a really good game. And Chuck Chuck and I have talked about it, and we've nearly gotten out. And I think, like I said, I think last time what happened is he was like, let's let's get together for just like a two player night, and he was like, hey, we could do that or the colonists. And I was like, I really 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 want to play the colonists. But um, yeah, this this game is is one for we some, need to play. As a for group. some reason, for me, Uve games, Uve Rosenberg games, I I don't avoid them, but they're not like the thing that I want to run to first. Yeah. But they're so high on your list, and they tend to be like mainstays for you, even if they're not like super high. They they they're consistent for you, and and I like them enough where I feel like I really should have played this well, game by now. What for me, I'll say this about him as a designer. There are new, other designers I'm more excited about following. 
for whose newer games I'm more excited about, uh, Vitala Cerdo being one. But when Uwe Rosenberg comes out with a game, I will pay attention to it just because I've liked Agricola Lahav, Orelabora, Fields of Arla. You know, I, I, like, I like a lot of what he's done. Now, granted, I'm not as interested in some of his newer games just because I think they just seem really big. I don't know if the payoff is is worth it, you know, like like uh, uh, what's a feast for Odin? Feast it just seems Odin. like yeah. seems like huge, and there's a lot of actions to do. But is it really that much? That, better? that one seems to me. You know, I haven't played it. It just seems like there's, like you said, a lot of things to do. But is it really any better than any of the other games? Is, is it complexity for complexity's sake, or is it? And and I don't want to cr- criticize a game I haven't played, but at the same time, I think that's exactly what what you said. Is like, like, do I? Do I really want it? See, the, it. the way you feel about Uwe is the same way I feel about Bruno Cathala. Like, I see a Bruno Cathala game, and I'm like, ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, what do you got? Like, I want to know about it. I mean, yeah. it's... Yeah, you're and, definitely an Uwe fanboy. Yeah, and so so the half for me is, is <laughs> just a game fanboy. that... um, No, I, hey, That's I, right. I, I'll accept it. Look, look, I've got four of his games on my top ten. I can't deny it at this point. So, yeah. Um, that's so anyways, like that's, almost half. Yeah. that's. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. I didn't even think about it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm hopeless. Um, so, that's my number three, Lahav. Uh, and it's a game that I think um, I think we need to play as a, as a group. And I'm sorry we never have. I've, I've played it with some of the other game groups I'd play with. And uh, we'll remedy that this year, maybe. I think, I think we should. Uh, my number three, like my number four, we're going to have to wait uh, a second because, but only a second. But only, but a, only second a second. Because it comes up higher on someone like else's list. I feel like you're following in proper Brian's footsteps. Probably oh, why you're just called just Brian. I, th- I think what it is. <laughs> oh, 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 cousin. Oh, I, was, cousin I knew where you were going, and I was like, come back quick. Come back quick. Oh, and then you finish it, and man, that was a good burn. Um, <laughs> cousin burn. Hey, you know, you know, if I'm going to follow anybody, proper Brian is a good man to follow. <laughs> so He's a scholar and a gentleman. Oh, man. Okay, so... Your number two is <laughs> my, my number three. Back to games. Yeah, your number two game. <laughs> my number two is Eclipse. So uh, another 4X game on my, my list, another area control game on my list. Eclipse is another kind of empire, space empire game. I remember playing this game for the first time and saying, hey, this game merges ideas from both kind of the Euro side and the Ameritrash side of uh, of the aisle and it merges it into one game and it does it successfully. It's a game that spoke to me as someone who enjoyed both of those style games. It's like, oh, this has a bunch of what I enjoy, you know, from both sides of the of the spectrum. And we, we see more and more of that now, but back then that was kind of a rarity. That was that was kind of a it just didn't happen that much. <clears throat> but but in the game, you're developing your technology, you're building your ships, uh, you're outfitting your ships for uh, different scenarios, uh, you're exploring. But most importantly to me, anyway, this is kind of the, the piece of the game that I enjoy the most. What sets it apart from other 4X games is the economy of the game. We talked a little bit earlier in, about Suburbia and how you don't want to expand too quickly. Oh, yeah. and, but, and Eclipse has the exact same feeling. Like if you just expand, 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 you're going to bankrupt your empire balance is really, key yeah yeah the, the balance is yeah absolutely like you have to expand in a way that is manageable or that's sustainable for your space empire to continue growing and sustain itself throughout the course of the game so that that's probably my favorite thing about it just brian what, what where are you at with it uh, yeah so like a lot of games earlier on in my gaming journey I, i've avoided it because it looked super complex and it wasn't justified in this game. It looks complex. It looks big. It looks the footprint of the 
and the scope of the theme is huge, but the actual mechanics and the play is not. And so the barrier of entry is much smaller than it appears, which mm-hmm. is so much fun. It's fun to play a game that is streamlined, but when you're done, you're like, I just played this this huge epic. Right. It feels it, it fits a lot into it does. the the two and a half it's, three hours. It's that you're intuitive. Playing it. It's it, there. It takes very little to understand where you stand in the game. Like it, like just a glance at your board, you know exactly what's going on. A glance at the the table that you've created with the other players at the table, you know exactly what's happening. You know how screwed you are. And, <laughs> and um, for a four X experience, if you like like video games, like Age of Empires kind of thing, sure this like is a great analog to that. That video game, 4X, kind of Civ building, mm-hmm. um, probably uh, probably one of the few that I would say does it, uh, the ratio between time, complexity, and gameplay is the tightest here at mm-hmm. this particular game. Which is why it's, like like I said, why it's higher than Twilight and right. on yeah. the list. Yeah, so. exactly. There's a lot of 4X games, like there's a lot of games that do it well. Scythe being one, I assume Twilight Imperium from the fan base and from what you've said. But this one just seems to be the one that is the perfect balance for me so, personally. So here, I, I'm I'm obviously the lowest on all of us on this game. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't know where you are. Gary. I'm at number 13, so um, I just missed the list. My Eclipse comes in number 70 for me. It's way low. I enjoyed the game. I really love the tech tree. I, I love doing that the tech tree. I really love ma- managing the board. The problem with this game is I felt so much anxiety out of this game that I've never felt out of any other game. Really? Like, I, I turtled up because I was so afraid that Gary was going to come attack me the whole game. Like I did not want to be attacked. And that's one of the reasons... That's one of the reasons... Because I turtled up and person. I did it on purpose so you wouldn't attack me. See... Zaya comes in at 26 for me because Zaya, I feel like, gives me the same kind of feel, but in a, a, a more, like, easier play of game. Like, I don't feel the anxiety that I feel. Are they the with, same because there's space? Or are they the same because they're, like, like how, I, I don't see how you're comparing sp- them. A, a space has the same kind of feel. I know Zaya is not like a 4 Because it's game. like a completely different game I, in, my, I in under- my brain. I understand that. But, 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 when I, but you think of games differently than I do, so when, I'm trying to figure out where, of, you, where you've, you've come together. Somehow on you've tied them together. Yeah, when I when I think of the two, I'd rather play Zaya, I mean, so much more than I'd rather play. I is just, it like the narrative of Eclipse and I, Zaya are similar to you? I guess. I just I felt so anxious playing this game the whole <laughs> I time. That, though. I understand like that. It, it can be it was, it was to a, a point where I it just it like frustrated me because I was so anxious. Mm. It, it didn't feel as enjoyable to me. I mean, it's still in my top 100. It's not a bad game. I, well, I got to say, in this game, you got to be mean. You got to be I, and you gotta be a guy that's like out to destroy his competition. That's what's weird for me. I enjoy Take That Game. Survive is one of my favorite games. I enjoy Take That Games. Uh, Mission Red Planet is a good game. This game, I felt more anxiety in this game than I have felt in a long time. Wow. You know, we talk- I just, it really bugged me. I don't know what it was. I like, I loved my player board. That was fun. Doing the tech tree and doing all the of map. the managing my resources. The, and the Euro like half of the game. The map part of it bugged me. When and we, that's why I'm really, really intimidated by Twilight Imperium because I'm afraid that it's going to be like this tenfold. Yeah, I don't... Um, I think... Well, so we had just come off a weekend of playing games and the game that we had just got done playing 
was Altiplano, which is great. Right before we, yeah, which is yeah, great, which is really great. So it's not that great. It went in our top tens. Oh, I'll give it, it a few more plays. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't in my top ten next year, but it was. It was fine. My number seven. So I was just kidding. It was fun. So just Brian and I were talking about this though, and how when you come off a gaming experience like that, where you're you're kind of playing your own little game, yeah. but yes, you're impacting each chair. other, and then jumping straight into you know, pointing spaceship guns at each other. Yeah. It it, it can feel off putting. Like it feels like it, it took a, even in the game we played a little it, bit of culture it, shock from moving from it, one it game. It took to the other. it took us a little bit <laughs> to really get into the you know, you know, pulling out the guns and going after each yeah. other. I killed you guys as soon as I thought I could efficiently yeah. kill you guys. So yeah, you killed well. Yeah. I, anyway that the one time I did. I All I right. think part of that experience is the is is I don't know. It's like, I, maybe we, I don't we, mean, we might have ruined them on it. I don't know. I don't mean to, to knock the game, and, I, and I'm not going to say that well, I would never play it again. Not everyone's going to like every game. But but it just gave me anxiety. That's a game that I've I've not felt that. Speaking of games that don't give you anxiety, Shuck, yeah. what's your number two? <laughs> yeah. My number two, we'll yeah. talk about it in yeah. a moment. For Shuck and Gary. I have a lot of cl- crossover. I, <laughs> we, we, really, we really like a lot of the same games. So if we move on to, I guess we'll, we'll hold off on his for just a brief moment. Move on to my number two, which is a Galarus. Mm. I I just really like this game. It's it's a heavier, crunchy Euro by Vital Lacerda. If this game uh, was in print, I I almost I wanted to buy it. Yeah, and I was looking for it and I can't find it. Yeah, it's it's um at least yeah, for a good price. It, it's, it's a great yeah. It's, it's kind of expensive. It's you're a gallery owner. You're uh, trying to promote new artists. You're also buying their art. And like any market, you're wanting to buy it when they're young and or, or, or barely known. You know. And then, then you want to promote the heck out of them and then sell their art when you can uh, make a lot of money on it. That's just one aspect of it. But this, there's, there's... Is, this is one of the most thematic as far as on your list, I think. Oh, yeah. It reminds me a lot of Penny Press. It's very thematic in what it does. And, yeah. And I, I like it a lot. A lot. I, I agree in, in, that, in, that, in that game, everything you're doing seems like, hey, it, it makes sense to the theme of the game. I think in, in the gallerist, I would say it's it's pretty thematic. There's a lot going on. I understand why people say maybe there's a little bit of complexity for complexity's sake in, in some of some of his games. But um, uh, for me, this one, it just hits. I mean, it's beautiful production quality. I like the theme. It's it's unique. There's just so much going on. But really, most of it's pretty intuitive. It, it, it reminds me of The Colonist. It is a complex game, but when you're playing is not as complicated as you think it is. Like, the rules make it seem more complicated than it is. They share that, actually, yeah. Definitely. So I'll say uh, I really wanted to play some Vital Lacerda game back this last year. It was earlier in in 2018 when we we finally got to play it. I think it was. Maybe it was last year. I don't remember. Was Was it last year? It was last year. And I really wanted to play one. Because our our place meant it on my list. I did a lot of research to find out which one. And the reason why we played this is because I asked for it. I said, hey, I out of all of Vitalis Serta's games, I want to play The Gallerist more than any of his others. Yeah. And so I was very happy with our play of it. I, I liked it quite a bit. And I think it's it's pretty accessible. At the time, I wasn't pursuing Euros like Euro I am kick now. Like you are now. Yeah, I'm really into Euro Kick now. Back then, I wasn't, and I really enjoyed it then. So even at a gamer level, like I would say it, it is a very complex game. For, at least it was for me at the time that I played it. It was very complex, but it wasn't unmanageable. Like, like it was still something that I could consume at the level I was on and, and prepared for at that time. Yeah. And and maybe even a good one to go after if you're in that 
yeah. either you're a gamer and you're kind of in that you're wanting to try something heavy and crunchy and especially Lacerda, then I would say this yeah. might be a good first one. I, I'll say this. I'm glad it's a game that I could bring to my friends. And even if it's not like super high on y'all's list, although it's actually rather high, I think, on most of y'all's list, if I can bring it to people that it may not be really in their wheelhouse, but they still enjoy it and like it, that, that says a lot to me. Not that... I need my game group to approve a game for me to love it, but it doesn't hurt, right? Like if, if my game group enjoys it, then I'm like, all right, this is this is one I can keep bringing to the group. I, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to, I have a couple of his other games on my uh, shelf of shame, and I'm, I'm looking to see if maybe next year, I wonder if one of his other games will replace this game or if it will still keep its its high mm -hmm. spot. I've got... um. I've got Vinos Deluxe, and then I still have never. I still have. I have Lisboa that I really, See, really want to play. Vinos is one that I really want to play because I did not care for viticulture all that much, and yeah. I really want to try a different wine game. Oh man, I think uh, I think Vinos would be up your alley. I want to try that. It's, a lot. it's really good game. It's a, it's a nice crunchy game. So one other thing, real quick about the Gallerist, we talked a lot about the mechanisms and the complexity of it and the crunchiness of it, but. One of the things that caught me when we first got it out was the artwork and the graphic design, mm. I believe. What's well, about art? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but Ian O'Toole, the graphic yeah, designer, he's like just not everything he touches, he's knocking out of the park. But I remember getting that game out going, I like this game already. And just the way it's laid out on the board and everything and the way it, yeah. everything looks, it's great. Well, And I'll say this is I don't want to stay too long in one game, but I'll say this where if you've got a heavier game, having a good graphic designer. Who can key, key like lay out help you lay out that board in iconography that makes sense and where it flows right? That and then also having a good rule book. But I mean, if, if the graphic design works really well, I think that helps that game feel yeah. less heavy. Absolutely, it's just the graphic the iconography is is an, is a key, especially yeah. in heavier games. As, as far as is there too much? Is it does it make sense what yeah. you're looking at? And I think that one did it really well. Yeah, it, it definitely did. All right, so moving on to your number two, Just Brian. Uh, oh, wait, you're following Proper Brian yeah. again, even on the number one spot. All right, Wait, so wait, Brian. are your four to three his three to one? My two, three, and four are his one, two, and three. Yeah, so that's how it worked out. Four to two, yeah. All right. I, think, I think that deserves so, a high five right here. I'm, I'm just saying, we just know we just know what games are good. That's all that, yeah, that hey, means. Yeah, hey, you guys do have good taste. So, all right, Proper Brian, <laughs> how about you You bring us into the number one list? All right. My number one. Just Brian's number two. Star Wars Rebellion. What else needs to be said on this thing? Shortest review ever. Go out I, and get yeah, it. I no. hear this is like Star Wars in a box. I haven't played. Yes, yeah, so. that's what and, they say. Uh, yeah, I why keep, haven't I played this? I keep hearing people, people like that. That's kind of the cliche thing to say now but that's what it is if you enjoy star wars if like so i you know i i would like to i would like to elaborate that on that though it's it's the star wars trilogy the original yeah, star the original wars trilogy, trilogy. Original trilogy in a box not like you can play x-wing you can play armada you can play imperial assault and you can experience the star wars universe if you want to play through the movie trilogy the original movie trilogy but you don't want it to be scripted because it's not right. Um, if you want to, it's kind of a sandbox. It's, of yeah, the original it's a very sandbox. So Luke, Luke may get captured and have to be saved by Princess Leia, or I mean, a, a number of things can happen like that. I mean, it, it changes the story up a bit, so you you can't be the kind of person that can't handle that. Which yeah, the, the, there are a few that exist. But as far as if you want to experience the trilogy, but you still want to be surprised 
by what New Hope through Return of the Jedi can give you, then the core box to Star Wars Rebellion will provide you that experience See, every time. So, it's so this is another two-player game, right? So th this game, yes. I mean, well, you can play with more, but it's really a two-player game. There's and it's a sides. wonderful way to spend a night with another Star Wars fan when it's just the two of you That's right. and your buddies. I can't think of a better way to spend an evening. Well, and the two sides, obviously, is the Empire and the Rebels, right? And they play so interestingly different than each other. And at the same time, you get this really awesome tension between, like, when you're the Empire... The rebel base is hidden, and that's what you're trying to find. And you feel like you're looking at this giant map in front of you that's made up of two big old boards, and you're like, I'm never going to find it. When you're in the Empire, you feel like that map is so huge, right. and you're never going to find them. And as the rebels... You feel like it's the smallest map in the world, and you're like, <laughs> they're right around the next corner, and you're about to get found out. Yep. And uh, anyway, it it's an amazing game. If you like Star Wars, and if you like board games, this is the game to play. Man. Man, I really need to play this. I've I've only played the newer version of the Star Wars Risk, which is basically the last movie. And I enjoy that it's kind of a memoir 44 feel. I enjoy that a lot actually. But man, I want to play this game. Like I and, really want to play here's, this game. Here's the way proper Brian explained it to me the first time. It's if it, we we may even do a teaching video about this on the YouTube channel on how to play Star Wars Rebellion because we love it that much. We've played it a few times. And the way he explained it to me because it looks big. It looks like another one of those that might be a barrier because it's such a big-looking game, and it, and it covers such a big, epic topic, a big, epic scheme. It feels epic. But, yeah. And it feels, yeah, the story feels epic. I've only got a partial play, but it but felt really epic. One thing that Brian said to me the very first time, and I think this is a key to streamlining teaching this game, is it, re it really pars its way down to a worker placement game. Believe it or not, you have these leaders... In the leader pool, you get to recruit them as you go, and they're these little standee guys, and they all have different die rolls that they get to, to produce while you play. But essentially, each standee is a worker, and where you place them is where your actions happen. And that's it. I mean, that's the whole game. If you want to go do battle, you got to have a worker that goes out there and does battle, and you put them out on the spot that you're going to go fight. Or move from. Uh, you want to you want to complete an objective. You stick a worker on that card, and if you don't have this the worker, you don't get to do the action. And it's it, it you can part down to a lot of gamers that way, make the teaching a lot more streamlined, and they're in the game a lot faster mm -hmm. when they start making that connection to a worker placement Th game. This sounds now that you say worker placement, this sounds more like a game that I would rather play than a four X. Um, yeah, it's not a 4X. Actually, I mean, I, I, look, I look at it. I, I look at it like it's so epic looking. The board's huge. And it, it reminds me of a 4X, like Twilight Imperium. Yeah, with I the look, right, with the you right look approach it, to it, fortunately, I had proper Brian as my teacher the first time we played. He was the, he was the Jedi Master. I was the Padawan. Um, and fortunately, I had him teaching it to me that way. It was so easy to learn. We were in it real quick, and I felt like I was competitive. I think I, I smeared you in that. Yeah, game. you actually won. <laughs> uh, uh, playing oh. the Empire, so and that's another thing too. If you're if you're playing, uh, just kind of as a tip, and I think this goes without saying, almost if you're teaching somebody new, you should play the Rebellion and let the new player play the Empire. Yeah. Not because one is overpower the other, but one is just more 
um, nuanced. Yeah, the rebellion is a lot more nuanced. You're you're not doing the more direct military thing that you would do in a game, and it's just easier yeah. to kind of see yeah, the goal of the empire, and it's easier to play because you got so many resources. Yeah, uh, the, but it doesn't mean that the the rebellion is so handicapped that it's that it's well, they're uh, not. You just have to play them like they're the rebellion, and right. not like you can't take your fleet and throw it into battle with a you know a big empire fleet because it's just not going to go well you have to play re- no you're the colonials like hiding in the bushes shooting from the from the trees and running away you right know? anyway star wars rebellion is my number one all right well uh shuck i want to hear you talk about this one although it has been your number one it's been my number one for a few years yeah, I think. okay uh, this is my number six that yeah. we skipped um Y'all are gonna hear me talk about this year after year. Uh, it's it's one of those that's probably gonna be my number one for a while. It's it's going to take a game coming out that just blows my mind to knock this down. It, Deus is my number one. I love it. I adore it. I, I just I cannot say enough about this game. The expansion adds so much extra little things that you can change and interchange and and make it customized in the way that you want it to play this is a game i'm, I'm a sucker for engine building i, I love engine building i've this said that's my favorite mechanism really engine building. this is the engine building game that i want to play all the time like century golem gives me a little bit of that itch like if i want to play it i can play century golem but if i really want to get into the meat i'm playing Deus. And it, I don't know, being able to play a card on your board and then watching it just like cascade into card after card after card and just this massive combo going off is just so satisfying that I can't, I can't even explain it. it you got to play this game. I love it. This is my favorite game of See, all See now, hearing you talk about it, I need to play it more. Because I, I like the game. It's, it, it wasn't super high on my list, but I do remember really enjoying the combos in the game. When, when something worked, when your engine worked, and you were able to just kind of like chain a few things together, it, I remember it and, feeling and see, really, really thing. well. When your engine like, really isn't good. working, it has a great mechanism where you just get rid of your cards. You still get something out of getting rid of your cards. You're not losing a turn. And you can start fresh you just start building something else I, find yeah. out what works i think maybe i approached this game wrong because you guys all really love this game what just brian what are your thoughts on it so i knew i know shuck loves this for the engine building aspect and that's okay for me it by the way in the if you didn't catch it it is on my top 10 so yeah it was your I, number, uh, number six my number six i love this game but i love it for different reasons than shuck does and i think Which that's great cool that you can love the yeah, game for different like reasons. it's it's both on our top tens and the engine building is cool it is a cool mechanic i do enjoy that pulling off great combos is very satisfying when we're done playing this game though i feel like i've played an epic civ building game um that same kind of thing we talked about with takanoko when you're done the board state looks beautiful. You've got like all these wooden pieces, and and one thing that I've always kind of felt with Deus is that when we're done playing, like like during gameplay, like my brain is moving. I'm 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 getting the burn. I'm thinking of production. I'm thinking of uh, military conquest. I'm thinking about area control. Uh, this game has a lot of uh, interconnecting mechanisms that are always pushing and pulling, and then suddenly it's over, <laughs> <laughs> and it's quiet. Yeah. And we're counting up our points, and I'm exhausted. And in the background is this beautiful board of this civilization that the that the three to four of us have vie for control over this land. And I'm counting up my points, and it's just 
we all kind of had to reacclimate as we go, come back from that fast-paced, less than two-hour Civ building game. I feel extremely satisfied. The same feeling I feel like I would get out of more of an epic game. I get out of Deus. And that's why I like it. The, the engine building's mm. great. It's fine. I just played a Civ building game, though, in less than two hours, and I got the same feels I got if we just played like a six-hour 4X game, even though it's nothing like a 4X game. No. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to confuse it with that with that term, but um, that's why I like it. That's why it ranks so highly for me because, because it does a lot of things that – a lot of great mechanisms. They should be fiddly. When you put that many together, they're not. I mean, they're very – it's a very streamlined game, so I love Dave's. Well – very very good game and um, man, just knowing how uh, how how high it is on y'all's list, I need to give it another try. What's your number one? Yeah, so my number one G Bear is the same as last year, and I'll say this: it's it's Shuck's number two, and Shuck and I have long loved this game. Yes, Agricola, and in yes. fact, one of my favorite plays is. Is this another Uve? Yeah, it's, it's another. It is another Uwe. Um, it's also uh, another worker placement. It's yeah. another worker placement <laughs> game. I, I'm a sucker for that 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 mechanic. Ah, man, and, you know we, we joke about it. We've joked about it in the past. People call it Misery Farm, whatnot. Uh, Shuck, would you say? I mean, it it's tense. It's tight. You have to feed your people, but it's not overwhelming, right? I mean, it, it's tight, but it's See, in a good way, right? That's that's the thing, though. It, it, it is tight. It is a very tight game, and, and there are things that you need to do all the time. Like it's a constantly moving game. In that yeah. you want to do something, someone takes that action. You've got to quickly adjust. Exactly. And and there's but the the thing is is there's always an option. Like the, it may not be the most optimal option, but you can make it work. And this game allows you to do that. So I, I think really like that aspect of it. And I think you actually hit hit the nail on the head for me is that I have an optimal plat path that I'm trying to plot. You're going to get in the way of it, and I'm going to get really upset. Now I'm going to do it on yeah. purpose if I know. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> it, and, and I'll do you know, and, and so we're going to do that to each other. But as you're playing through this game, yeah, you you, you deviate from the optimal path, but you just kind of pivot. You say, okay, well, I can't feed my workers the way I was going to. Um, you know, maybe I wanted to bake some bread, you know, from from the um, the six farms I have out there, if I'm really lucky, right? So I'll find a different way to do it. So for me, man, I mean, I know a lot of some people really don't like the tension in the game. They feel that having to feed your workers is is, is tedious. But man, for whatever reason, I mean, this game so just hits on all levels for one, me. One of the things that I've already written up for the website review of this, I wrote, the complexity is not in the rules but rather the crucial decisions that you must make throughout the game. Okay, see, and I think that is yeah, that's perfect. I think that's what makes this game. The rules are really not that complicated. It's not hard. I've taught some people that are pretty new to the hobby of this game. But but a lot of people are put off by this game because it's just it's kind of like playing chess in a worker placement game. Your brain just starts to hurt after yeah. a while because there are so many things that you make need it hurt to do. so good. You need to do, but you can't do, and you want to do. And, and I it just yeah. feed your people, <laughs> yeah. feed your people, feed your people. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. Know. I, I think maybe feed that's, your people. That's one of the things I. <laughs> you do need to feed your people. Yeah, you, yeah. don't Have let them starve. That you need to feed your people. Yeah. However, sometimes um, you might need to let yeah, them starve. Sometimes you maybe need to. Um, <laughs> jerks. Just take a loan from the bank. It's cool. Uh, you know, I, I think maybe it just is that. I like games that are tense. That that tension is. It's high in this game, and and maybe it's a little stressful, but for me, in a way that that's challenging. Even though I, I have some other heavier games that I like now, 
I, I still come back to this one as my number one. I feel almost bad. Like, you know, I I shouldn't feel bad for having the same number one for a long time, but I keep thinking, are there other games I've played? And like I'm, I have a few that might might beat it, but I'm curious, have you played Caverna? Because I have not. I have not. I've never so, have. So I've heard that Caverna, a lot of people like it better than this game. People talk about Caverna like, oh, I love Caverna because you don't have to feed your people and it's less tense. I'm like, well, that's what I love about our curriculum. Exactly. So, so, yeah. So I, I guess maybe maybe that's what, what's never drawn me towards it. So, yeah. I, I, to answer your question, no, I haven't played it. And I would love to play it. So, yeah. real quick, I have a, a real quick antidote story about Agricola that kind of attests to its greatness. So it's one of the games that I played fairly early on and played a lot of it because it, I didn't have a whole lot of games and it was one that I enjoyed a lot. And I taught it to my parents. And to this day, I mean, that was, I don't remember when, but to this day, my mom asks to play this game. Like, she's like, I want to play wow. that. That play is that, cool. I want to play that farming game. What was that called? Oh, you know? man. And so wow. like, this, this she, is my most requested game for my daughter. Yeah. So she asks for what? it. Oh, that's yes. cool. And, and she she's... she keeps wanting to play it, and I just need to I need to do it. But that's uh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. So moving on, I actually I actually really want to want to hear uh, just Brian talk about his. Number yeah, we're one. we're down to the number one game of the night, uh, which is my. When he submitted his list, he submitted the best list. So. Wait, 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 wait. So I gotta I gotta say this is my number one o two game. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't so, mean anything. <laughs> this is debatable. Let's oh. go. As we see. Ready? Showdown. Let's go. No, seriously. So this is Great Western Trail. It's my number one. And it's also the number one talked about pub meeple game ever. Probably. Cause, hey, hey. Because you keep bringing up how much I love this game. It's in the title. Uh, great. Yeah, it's so great. Great. Uh, now, here's the thing about this game. And, and I'm going to be honest with, with everyone and everybody here. This game will probably not be my number one game next year. Maybe on my, my top ten, but... I've already played a few games since I've even generated this list. I haven't played them enough to properly rank them, but yeah. I feel like with more plays, we'll play them again. it'll easily get knocked out. Now, here's the thing about Great Western Trail. I'm glad it made my number one this year. I'm glad it's on my top ten because it, it gets its time in the spotlight for me because this is a game that is important to me, and, and this is why. it's This has served more as a gateway into heavy Euro gaming for me than any other game. And if, if that's the direction you want to go or that you're curious about, I would recommend this game above any other Euro game. The, the game is somewhat complex. I love Alexander Pfister. By, by complex, you mean like iconography? Is that a word? There's that, uh, but I'm also. But I also now. mean. Yeah. I also mean. Um, <laughs> in this game, in this way, in this particular game, the complexity is also in the intricate gears that the the cogs that kind of work together. Separate from other complex euros, the decisions per turn are much simpler in this game, which yeah. is why I think this one's more approachable than other complex euros. I would put this on the on the cusp of complex euro games. It, you still get the same feel of interworking mechanisms without the complexity of Madeira or other highly complex games. Also, Alexander Pfister is some he's he's a master That's at really combining good. some interesting mechanics in his games. He makes them work together in ways that uh, this guy's an artist well, in game this design. One, like, who would have thought the little the, the the deck building? Now, granted, it's not it's not deck building on a grand scale, but there's deck building in this game, oh. and he brings it in and makes it work with like worker uh, placement and some some other <laughs> mechanics. I mean. He he marries all these things together, and instead of like a Franken game, you get like a really well designed right. tight game. That's right. Like because because you could look at someone could say, hey, 
I'm designing this game, and I'm bringing all these things in together, and you might be like, yeah, but it's well, we a recipe. Played, we're not going to talk about them, but we played bad yeah. games that yeah. try to combine too many it's, mechanics it's, it's together. Like, that's a recipe for like a Franken game that no one's going to like. And yeah. No, no, but this guy comes in along, no. and he's like, no, no, beautiful. I'm going to Mr. Wizard this together, and it's going to be amazing. You know? Right. And so I'm, I'm a big fan of Fister at this point. I, I'm not going to play every game he makes. I'm, I'm there are a few I'm going to try. I, but, but I think that uh, so far out of the three that I've played, He's three out of three for me. And Great Western Trail this year has made my number one. This is a game about driving cattle to Kansas City. As Gary mentioned, there's some deck building involved, some hand management going on with the deck. It's very simple, though. I'm not a deck building guy. It's funny because that's the part I like the most about this game. But I liked it in this game, though. But the thing is, (laughs) is in this game, it worked for me. In this game, it worked for me really, really well. He's made worker placement unique in this game. I haven't played many worker placement games where you have one worker that travels. And there's also uh, the, the the thing about this game that we've kind of already mentioned a little bit is that even though there's like this cause and effect web throughout the entire game that, that everything you do kind of has multiple opportunities to capitalize on, when you take a turn, you usually only have two or three decisions to make. And everything is usually to a benefit. There's rarely a time in this game, or at least something you can't avoid, where you're not making progress. Even if it's not the most the most efficient turn, the best thing you wanted to do, that's what makes it a fun game because you can't always do the perfect thing. But everything always seems positive in this game. And so it was a really great experience for me. This has been one of those games that has has really brought me into the Euro genre in a, in a much deeper way. Not not to knock on your game, the thing that I disliked the most about it was the fact that the worker placement you could only use on your own buildings. I, I know that you have generic things that you could do on other people's buildings, but I extremely dislike that. Yeah, uh, uh, I guess I guess I would still put a rebuttal out there that you still get to choose not to land on other people's buildings, or you still it, get to choose to do other things. You're not shoehorned into landing on other buildings and if it's the choice you make because you you have a plan two turns down the road that that makes the most sense, you still have other things to do. There's yeah, never a thing see, you can't not do. I'd rather do something like we're calling us where if you have to take an action that somebody else is already on, that you just you, you pay that person. I would rather pay that person to be able to use their building than to not get to take that action that I landed on. That just that bugs me. I don't know why. It just does. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think that's fair enough, and maybe so. But for heavy Euro game and, and, and a barrier of entry, I would say if you threw the colonists at me and I wasn't really looking at Euro True. games, that would be a much harder sell. True. This is all I had to get past. All I had to get past in Great Western Trail was the box art. Like this Concordia. is this is an easier. This is an. Uh, however more iconography heavy okay. game it, it is an easier entry yeah. probably than colonists okay so I, that is actually a stronger argument against this and most of fister most of fister's games is the iconography yeah. is almost a new language you have to learn to play the game same with mombasa yeah, yeah not so much in, not so much in his car games like port royal or oh my goods yeah but with Mombasa and at, at least with Mombasa and Great Western Trail, the iconography is is a little heavy. Yeah. And I can't excuse that. Except that the games, the games are so, they, I don't care. The games, the games are so, are much still more so fun. good. <laughs> yeah, the state games are still so good. All right. Well, uh well guys, that's a good list of games, guys. I'm gonna tell you what. This is this is a good very good list of games. Uh now 
I have a few that I've kind of taken a few notes. I want to play some of y'all's games now that, that I haven't played or have have not played in a while. Um, yeah, so, it, man, I, I feel like we have some varied tastes, as, as we just heard. You know, uh, what a game that's, like, number one on someone's list, like, what, number 105? Something like that. Yeah, something like that. You, you know? said, I, mean, I, I think 107 was seared into my brain. Yeah, so, you know, uh, <laughs> I, but that's also what part of what, what I really like about this group is, you know, we have some varied tastes. I still love and, Shuck, though. Yeah. Oh, he, he is a you great, have to. He's family. He has a great personality. <laughs> oh, hey Thanks. Did oh. you just call me ugly? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, guys, I guess we'll go ahead and end this one here. Um, and, man, guys, I, as always, I enjoy talking to you guys with you guys about games. And uh, this has been a great conversation about our top ten. Thanks for tuning in. As always, Ben, we, we have uh, more content at pubmeeple.com, youtube.com slash pubmeeple. Uh, we're also on Instagram. You can just add pubmeeple there. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. See ya. I beat you. <laughs>